Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 10th of March, 2019. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Season 10. And Robert Kemp. 10 hype. <laughs> the 10th of the seasons. We're very well we're, seasoned. We're only just ahead of Fortnite. Fortnite's caught us up pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take us over. How how does Fortnite have more seasons? Like, surely they have like, to last Because they year. shit through them so quickly. Yeah, like <laughs> That's every not couple, fair. They're like every couple months. Yeah. It's cheating. Or barely even that. The season is like a sports season or a, or a, or for some reason, a TV show season. But that's American, yeah. isn't it? Do we do things in seasons at all in the UK or is it just we're copying the Americans? I suppose we get like, technically you get season numbers for like Top Gear and. Yeah, but that's copying Americans, and, right? Yeah. But they're not really like seasons. It's they're just series. Like, it's just like the year's worth of that show. It is technically a season, but it's only because they like, for some reason, they decide to have a break. Sort of. But Top Gear's on like twice a year, but in two short bursts, right? That's how they. Yeah, but are those kinds of separate seasons or the same season? Separate, I think. <laughs> hmm. But it's surely football season. That's a real. That's a real thing, right? Because it's yeah, actually that's a, that's depends. A, that's a whole year. Well, most yeah, weather. most sports seasons are like a whole, or most of a year. Hmm. And then there's a gap that makes it a year. Yeah. Like the, like the F1 season is all year while it's running. <laughs> but we don't do gaps. We just carry all year on. while it's happening. <laughs> right. Well, I suppose a season would be three months, really, if we were doing it properly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but that's not true of an F1 season. That's not three months, is it? No. It's or like a football season. Nine. Yeah. Or maybe even less than that. It's probably six active months. Yeah. Maybe eight. I don't know. I don't know. It starts relatively soon. I know that much. Anyway, we are definitely well seasoned. We've got salt and pepper all over us <laughs> after ten, mm-hmm. ten, ten long seasons of the summer. I must, l- <laughs> I must now lick myself. <laughs> oh dear! I've got salt in my left hand. My right hand is pepper, and for some reason, my elbows are Cajun. <laughs> Cajun elbows. Cajun elbows. Where's the tequila for your left hand? Or is it right hand? It's in the pepper hand, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> With the salt. Yeah. Got a bit of rye. I need to just casually chuck the tequila in the air so it's not in contact with the pepper. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Which hand are you going to use to chuck it? <laughs> I've got to chuck it from the pepper hand. But so I might sneeze into the tequila while it's airborne. <laughs> but then as I raise my what, salt because of the my pepper? hand, my Yeah, exactly <laughs> okay. because of the pepper. But then as I raise my salt hand to my face, my Cajun elbow might get like cause some oh, <laughs> extra dispersal as well. But it's chilly, so it's sort of Mexican. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> Cajun tequila. What's the difference between spice and seasoning? Or is it the same? Um, is it like spice you don't really put on top of stuff? Spice you put in stuff? Well, it's, it's like salt is a spice because it's a mineral. <laughs> so I think that's probably one of them. Helpful no, yes, but it's, it's still a seasoning. Yes. Pepper must be a spice then, is it? Yeah, I would say yeah. so. I guess because it comes from Plants. plant matter. But salt and pepper are clearly seasoning. There's no disputing that. 
Mm. I don't think you spice with pepper. Yeah, maybe it's unless like, it's cayenne pepper. Maybe it's some kind of like different kind of flavor, like spiciness. That who even knows what that even means? Because mm. <laughs> you season with herbs. Yeah, you do, right? Mm. Like, you, you can like season a... with like whole stalks of season with apple. Yeah, yeah, you can. Apple flakes. You can't spice with apple, though. You'd have to spice the apples to make spiced no, apples. You, you, you sp- yeah, you spice the apple. But what if you spice the apple and then season with spiced <laughs> apples? <laughs> use the spiced apple to season something. Spiced apple yeah. seasoning, yeah. <laughs> you can... Yeah, I don't know what the verb would be. I suppose it would still be seasoning, because you'd call it a spiced apple seasoning. For some reason. Yeah, I can't really see this Venn diagram in my head. I can't work out the classification. <laughs> Spicing. <laughs> Spicing. <laughs> anyway, yes, this is Spicing 10 of the Spies podcast. And We're getting we... spicy this season. <laughs> We're getting well spicy. We're mixing it up. We're going to get a lot more confrontational and spicy. Yeah, the spiciest salad lords. That'll be us. <laughs> Revelation, I hate you all. No. <laughs> spicy. What have we got as our word class this or this this season? Yeah, reveal that immediately. Not even gonna have that come up randomly during the season at some point. Yeah, when someone like does it in an intro statement for some reason. Oh, I guess it's a little uh, mystery. Then try and figure out what our opening words are. Swan maiden. Find the Wikipedia page and you win. <laughs> and what's the status of our theme music? Well, <laughs> you've probably already heard it in theory. Yeah, I think, I think. well, I don't know if I'm happy with it, so I might change it before. Well, no, I haven't really got time to change it. I think it's got to be, it's got to be in this week's. Right, you might hear some tweaks, listeners. Yeah, over the next few weeks. Uh, yeah. You, uh, you've, you've heard it, Dad, haven't you? Hmm. Yeah, the, the, the rockiness. I'm getting okay. fighting fit. Rocked out. I'm going to have a... Sp- we're going to have a spicy battle. A spite. So the theme spite, is spice. spice. <laughs> we have to provide more spice in this in this year. More spice, yeah. We, we can't get too stale after 10 years. We have to spice it up. So it shouldn't be spice because now we're going to have to change the theme word. <laughs> unless, unless yes, I'm... If only we'd thought of this before we started this podcast, yeah. then we would have had an idea. I'm going to sprinkle some swan maiden on my potatoes. <laughs> yeah, but that would give away to the listeners what the category was if we switched to spices. <laughs> Maybe we should come back to this next week and be like, all right, can I sprinkle whatever I say? Fair enough. Well, speaking of seasoning, have we got any kitchen bitching going on? I haven't heard any for a while. Because things have been functioning correctly, I things guess. Things have been working. Wow. <laughs> didn't you have to get a new kettle? No. No? I got a new kettle. Have... Oh, yeah. Um, but I didn't have to, but I did. I got like a temperature controlled one, which is kind of fancy. Um, and it's actually really good, but it's like quite small volume, right? Because it's just for making mm. like two like cups coffee. of coffee. Yeah, well, I use it to make one, but you can make two, um, probably more. Um, but it's pretty cool because um, not only is it the right temperature to brew the coffee, it also means that you can drink the coffee straight away <laughs> without waiting for it to cool down. Mm. Slightly less burning. It's, it's doubly good, and it's quite 
cool looking and it has like a goose neck to make it really nice to pour with which is important for the pour over coffee method that i'm trying which is actually quite straightforward there's loads of videos online that are talking about how fan- fancy an artisan it is and how much skill it takes and i'm like is it really that hard like maybe i'm screwing it up every time but it doesn't seem that hard but they're like having championships and stuff and competitions <laughs> of how to pour it's just literally like you pour in like a spiral and then you yeah. s- you you put you pour in 50 grams um and then stop and wait for it to bloom and then like 30 seconds later you keep pouring uh in the same fashion and then you repeat that you swish it around a bit to make sure the bean all the all the not beans the ground up beans what are they called granules granules i guess yeah the, the, the ground the ground beans uh are actually covered and there you go and it tastes I mean, really nice I've, i didn't go to when, like when i was pouring it out over grind myself or ground or whatever it's the, the mix it's definitely um, a word for that that's completely yeah. my mind the particulate ground coffee um, the, the coffee yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when when doing the pouring like i never bothered about that weight phase it didn't didn't feel didn't seem like it made a huge difference to me i remember reading it when i first did pour that way but it's just like nah it's fine so i, I, I need my they need my coffee quicker than you suggest. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, you're not seconds. patient enough to wait thirty seconds for this mysterious blooming for this phase. Bloom, no, yeah. Just, just like just just fill up my coffee. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Did you do the? Because there's also a step where you're supposed to wet the um, filter paper so it's hot there is, before you yeah. do the thing. So I do that too. And then I've got like a scales as well that I got for Christmas. And that's kind of cool because then you can get exactly the right measurements of everything every time, which is quite good. Makes it easy, and it has a timer in it. That's quite quite easy, so you can time everything as well. So this it's really. Is why I got a machine because all of this takes too long. <laughs> it does take a while, but it's it's like once you've done it a few times and you know what you're doing, it's pretty like you know re- too long. You just do it the same way every time. I quite like the ritual of it. It's kind of cool, but yeah, a machine would be better. But I, I, I can't be. It's kind of annoying to get a machine. I can't from. help. A lot of this was born out of bored tech workers who just wanted to spend slightly more time <laughs> yes. away from their computer. Take as long a break as possible. Yeah. I think it was bored it's 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 the Italian way to make coffee as uh, baristas, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah. Maybe. I mean, Although yeah, I suppose they've, got be... a, they've got espresso machines, so they're sorted. Yeah. That's how most... <laughs> sweeping generalization so much Italian businesses work it's like let's do a few minutes of work go 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 down everyone goes down the coffee shop leave the building <laughs> yeah that's true however like if you go to a real Italian coffee shop then you just have espresso and you neck it instantly and then leave yep. you don't and hang around drinking coffee but you've got to walk to the place then have an espresso that's true. And, then, and then burn off your buzz on the way back so you sit down at your desk and then you're just like right time to do some work let's go get a coffee i mean you say <laughs> that's the italian way of working is to like almost immediately go for coffee and then do that three times a day in my experience that's also the london way of working so <laughs> <laughs> i thought well yeah I, I say sweeping generalization but i heard it from people i used to work with who used to go to italy and it just used to be bit more than three times they would just they wouldn't build up a stash in the office or anything and just be like right we're about to start a new thing we'll walk down the coffee, coffee? shop first yeah mm. exactly i mean okay i don't do it three times or more times a day but maybe twice a day <laughs> hmm. so anyway uh temperature control kettle thumbs up pretty cool 
Although it does take longer to boil because it, it doesn't actually like it's not it has a sensor in it, but it its control algorithm is like it's it's binary on or off, right? Whether it's so it has to like switch on and off a couple of times as it's coming up to temperature, right? To get it to the right point, which takes a while, but it works. Is it quiet though? Does it pass Zach's quiet test? I suppose it's not uh, really boiling. Is it making a noisy boil like the? Or is no, it just a... well, it never gets that loud if it, if you're if you're trying to go under hundred degrees, right? No, so... but like, well, but yeah, but every cat, as, as Zach tried to explain, but every kettle's boiling somewhere, right? That's why. That's why. It's yeah, that's bleeding. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't say it's overly loud. <gasps> I do have some bathroom bitching. <laughs> oh, do we need another alliterative statement for this? Well, like, I was just wondering if this, like what you guys, uh, a little, a little bit different. <laughs> I was wondering what you guys felt of this. You know, the classic war uh, of like, which way does the toilet roll? Like, yeah. hang the classic. I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's the only war. one way. We discussed yeah. that before the podcast. There's, we've said that before on the podcast, right? And and it, there's even jokes about it in the newspapers in SimCity 2000. I seem to remember. Yep. Um, it, the top must roll forwards towards you. Yes, Not that's the correct way, way, right? And we all agree. There on has that, to be right? a gap between the hanging bit and the wall. Yep. We all agree. Okay, good. But And you know it's a classic dispute, sort of, a jokey dispute between flatmates or people sharing a house that one person puts it one way and then the other person turns it around to the correct way. I, mean, I, don't, would... I don't even understand the other way around. Just yeah, I, I, I understand it either. Like... Okay. But at least I understand that some people might do it the wrong way and then that's fine it's a classic cliche right fine mm. so my flatmate he doesn't he doesn't put it the wrong way and then i have to turn it the right way what he does is okay when when the roll gets to the end right and there's a just a a, a cardboard tube right on the holder right he yeah. doesn't take it out and throw it in the bin and put the new one on either the wrong way or the right way instead he leaves the cardboard tube on the thing and puts the new one down on top like it's a kind of rolly really unstable shelf <laughs> i was about to say like oh i've done that I've, I've i've done it in a sort of more lazy fashion before where i haven't taken the cardboard off and i've just used the roll and then just put it on the floor next to the on top of the roll on the rolly holder thing every single time not just like when he's feeling lazy like every time that is the the laziness thing would be the trick because it depends on what sort of toilet roll holder you have like Like, does it roll quite well in that well no it's like how easy it's not easy oh oh, it's super easy it's not like there's no disconnection required you just slide like some of the, any... you know you have those old like spring loaded ones yeah it's nothing like that the it's a super like basic a, one. one at home is just like a curve of metal and when the old tube is there yeah. you just slap it off or exactly on the floor or okay. it's one of the ones we we had i think in the downstairs bathroom here where it was, had a magnetic clip but the magnet was really bloody strong <laughs> so it was really annoying yeah, just I to remember. detach it so i feel like every other day i come in and there's an empty tube on the on the holder and then a new toilet roll sitting on top like a shelf I mean, that just seems like that's going to, like, you know, you're going to have a disaster at some point and someone's going to waste a whole toilet roll by having it yeah. fall directly into the toilet. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, is it that close, though? Because there's, like, uh, well, yeah, yeah it's pretty close. Okay. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a direct fall risk where we place our bog rolls. Yeah. I think we sort of do. Yeah. It's a pretty small bathroom. Anyway. But yeah, it's directly next to the loo. Anyway, I was just wondering if that seemed weird <laughs> to yeah. you guys. I mean, I suppose it's a like 
Yeah, I suppose it's somewhere to put it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but like, it's right on top of the actual holder that's designed for it. It would take five or two seconds to fix. Uh, I mean, anyway. I can understand doing like what I do because I'm lazy. Is like, I when I say I slap the previous roll tube off tube the holder, yeah. I literally just do that. Like it goes on the floor somewhere. I don't care. And then you put the new one on. Okay. Well, that, that's better. I prefer that. Until well, so like, you like do a classic tubes everywhere. So you have a have a home alone incident where you're walking out of the bathroom and go whoop on the toilet roll. I don't think you'd do that on a tube. No, you'd crush the tube. Just collapse. But... Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I don't know if I'm more or less lazy than my approach sometimes where I, I don't take the, the tube off the, the, even though I've got like just an open one-sided like holder. Yeah, like me. Like yeah. where I don't, I don't take the car with you and I'll just put the roll down on the floor. <laughs> like the, <laughs> I, I, won't even, the I won't even do the resting on the, on the, on the on holder. The it's just shelf. like, no, it's just, oh, well, just think... straight on the floor. Well, the <laughs> trouble with that is that if you're, if you're, if you've started the new roll, it's what it, you want it on the holder so you can actually use it. Yeah. If you've exactly ended a roll and it's just you've used up the last bit at just the right moment, that's fine. But if you're if you've then started the new roll but then you still haven't put it on the hanger, you've just inconvenienced yourself. Okay, what's the what's the ruling on like okay, so you're the last person to use the last remaining sheet. So there's like you you you're yeah. the one that's that's whittled it down to the tube. Yeah. Like what what is the is it actually on that person? Is like to, to do the replacement there It'd and definitely then. be kind. Like, if you've whittled it down to the last tube and there's no bog roll in the bathroom, like are you like is it you acceptable to just is it yeah, is it acceptable to just leave it in that state with no bog roll there? No, because it's people annoying. don't check. Yeah. If you, if you don't notice and you've already committed, then you're you're screwed. Damn, I was kinda I was kinda hoping that it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do, I, do I do try and check, otherwise you're in real trouble. But yes, yeah. Always check your clock direction which you're holding back. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> it's kind of convenient when no one else is in the house. Because then if something does go awry, it's like why well, it's awkward shuffle time. <laughs> yes. I mean if you're here by yourself, it's totally fine. Just walk around naked, if who cares? <laughs> With your shitty bum out. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think okay. I'm spending too much time with a cat. <laughs> okay, what's going on with the news? <laughs> yeah, news. Uh, not a huge amount, I don't think. Well, there's some, time. there's some. Yeah. Uh, shortly after our last podcast, Nintendo did another direct. Mm, um, kind of a direct, a very short one, just to say, hey guys. Pokemon. Pokemon. Actual Pokemon. For actual real. Pokemon. For real. The actual either. game Pro- that we actually were told that was in development is in development. It's not Pokemon Stars or whatever those rumoured names were. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's Pokemon Britain. Kinda, yeah. Victorian Big Cog version of Victorian Brittany sort of thing. So it is a mainline Pokemon game on Switch in yep. 3D. Um, yep. <laughs> well. And 
it, it any more 3D than it was on the 3DS. <laughs> no, I suppose yeah. not. So it's fixed camera angle, so it ain't no Breath of the Pokemon quite. <laughs> it's, no. it's fairly conservative and traditional, but still, I thought it looked good. I saw people's comments seem disappointed. I was like, eh, it looks, looks well, I think like Pokemon. From what they've shown, yeah, I think that's part of the problem, though. Like From what they've shown at the moment, it's just that they've there's nothing new to grasp onto yet, really. Mm, I guess. I mean, not new Pokemon, yeah, yeah. but but there's nothing. We don't know anything more than what than than it's going to be one of those games. Like they just kept saying, we want to like come up with new inventive things and shake things up while keeping the old stuff. And it's just like, but they didn't show any new stuff. They only showed the old stuff. Uh, the old yeah. stuff. Yeah, I guess that's true. Pokemon hasn't really evolved that much. No, and to... that's well, kind of the problem with it, isn't it? I don't like, know. It does have like time. It does have bigger layers now with its like mega revolutions and what are the m moves yeah, the z mega, moves the, z moves that's the it. mega revolutions and z moves were just like adding tiny little bits of, like you're stacking tiny little bits of stuff on top of the giant pile that already exists or not even a giant pile you're stacking a tiny bit of stuff on top of the tiny pile <laughs> can they even break with old stuff does that well, that's what we always say about the pokemon about every time there's a new generation where it's just like can you throw that all out and start over probably not but that's kind of the problem well i mean they sort of potentially had a chance to do that with the let's goes right because well i mean, they, they were can revisiting... do it in that in like that separate I mean, they series, kind of did in like, that series but they didn't they didn't decide to do that into the main one they but, didn't want to take a risk is mainly the thing is it but they they didn't 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 they with let's go let's go is kind of a weird halfway house whereas like they changed up the pokemon catching and and the you know the the yeah, you see like, Pokemon in the world, and, yeah. And cool. but but the original battle system is still there for the trainer fights, right? They didn't really change any how any of that works. Uh, um, I, I, it almost seems like that was a that was like a last minute decision on a, on like the pushback that Pokemon Let's Go got, right? Because <laughs> when they were showing it initially, and they were like, "Oh, there's no there's no wild fights," and then people were like, "Oh shit, there's no fights. This is gonna suck. It's just gonna be." like the mobile game you're throwing pokeballs at Pokemon endlessly and it's totally pointless and then they were like no it's okay there's trainer fights well like, I don't think they could have done it but if, if it was going to be a remake of red or yellow I suppose but you know that red bluish sort of line like you needed gyms and badges from the gyms so you needed a fight or something you know well yeah kind they, of they needed some system it's not like Pokemon Go on the phones didn't have gyms. <laughs> no, but they could have. But you, you're, they, that could have been the moment where they created something brand new. They could have done gone off in a different direction. Yeah, but then it would have, then it would have still been a spin off. Like, they, I guess they could have done it, but then that wouldn't necessarily have still informed the main game. Mm. They could have seen that as like an experiment and not done anything in the main game still. I talked to my colleague who's like a massive Pokemon Go fan for some reason, and I asked, and she has a Switch, and I asked her if she was excited for this new Pokemon, and she said, not at all. So it's like there's this weird whole generation of weirdo Pokemon fans who don't aren't actually interested in actual Pokemon. Well, I mean, that's what let, what's Let's Go was, let's for, go was right? for. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's right. So maybe she'd be into that. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I I don't know. It is a difficult one. It's like they could. I think there's always a chance that they can change things up, but they've got to perhaps have a different set of Pokemon that behave slightly differently, maybe, and then have a really weird mishmash battle system. 
like I don't know, perhaps the the Alolan Pokemon in the last one should have been like, well, they're like the original Pokemon, but because they're Alolan, they do they don't just have different moves or different stats. It's like they actually behave differently around here. I mean, that these was, are the edgy Pokemon. This was, is the this is the Sonic the Hedgehog underground of Pokemon. <laughs> it's what we always said about how you could just make a Pokemon Tactics game. Where yeah, it's like, that's true. Pokemon Tactics would be excellent. Yeah, put the moves, same moves, but on a grid system that with turn based yeah. stuff. That would actually be really good. That'd be really good. You could even do a Pokemon like XCOM thing, I guess. Maybe I don't know, like the rabbits. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that would be more like a, a advanced version of Mystery Dungeon or something. Where yeah, you've got the team. Advanced Wars Pokemon Edition. <laughs> but still, I'm still as someone who had didn't play the DS ones. I'm kind of excited, even for a kind of traditional Pokemon game on Switch. Personally, yeah. So. It's like I, after I skipped the previous ones on the 3DS, I was like, yeah, maybe maybe I can come back to this one now that it's on a new system. And, and if they do do something new and interesting, it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I saw there was some like disappointment in the fact that they they brought back random encounters. Actually, you know, yeah, because yeah. you wanted to see them. That was kind it's of a cool. classic yeah. mechanic, though, isn't it? I mean, I know, but I I I kind of most like. It's it's strange. Like it, it seems it, it's become an outdated thing. The random yeah, I don't really like. Thing. I never really liked. It's... I remember thinking they were weird in Final Fantasy when I first saw. You know, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, "What?" Confused by it because I didn't. Yeah, know the I convention. Saw, yeah, I sort of, I sort of see what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of, and they kind of rationalized it a bit better in Pokemon than yeah, they did with the long the grass. Yeah, that made you, you knew sense. you you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, um, and you could avoid it using the uh, whatever. Well, staying out of the grass and using the sort of uh, the items. deterrent thing, yeah, yeah. whatever they're called. Could you do that in Final Fantasy? I guess you probably could. Um, Some you, of them. Often you got a late game item that would like reduce encounter rates or increase encounter rates. Yeah, increase. What you were trying there was to do. an increase one in Pokemon as well, wasn't there? Like a yeah. lure. Yeah, so that 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 that's always kind of been a thing as well. Um, but you know, uh, most most of that was just technological reasons, right? They yeah, random encounters enough. existed because you couldn't render the well, everything you Earthbound wanted on had... on screen. Could do it. I mean, I, they, <laughs> Earthbound could kind of do it. Yeah, they, kind of. yeah. They saw they got there, but like it was, it, you know, that's why it, that's where it started. Like back in the NES days or something, things like that. They were just like, we probably can't do it in that way, and also and also mm. to raise tension. It's a tension device. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what we're gonna get. Oh, we've got that horrible one percent chance enemy that's gonna totally floor me right now. I mean, the thing about Let's Go with the Pokemon that you could see on a map was like it then introduced. Well, I not really introduced, but it then kind of modified the idea of the chain system because it in. If this had existed in the regular games, in order to increase your chance of getting a shiny, you fight the same Pokemon over and over. And in the in the regular games, there was ways to do that. Like in some of them, you got like a special item that would initiate a chain, and then it would kind of lock you into fighting the same Pokemon, so you wouldn't get the random, or you wouldn't get as many random other ones. Hmm. And then it lets go when you start a chain because you can see the Pokemon. You just don't fight the ones that you're not chained on. Which means starting a chain, so it's like... Well, you just fight the same Pokemon over and over. And, mm. like, the more times you fight the same one over and over, the higher the chance that the next one's going to be shiny. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that that always that did exist in the handheld versions, and there was, like, chain fishing as well. 
but the, like the way because you can see them in let's go that made that much easier mm. but mm. is that like too easy <laughs> would they need to come up with a different shiny system if that was going to be the way they do it I mean, there are ways you could design around it now, right? Because that wasn't some of the random encounter annoyance from the originals, just because of traversal, right? If you were trying to yeah, get if you're to trying to certain, go somewhere, you didn't you didn't really want to fight all the weedles on the way. And also, and this is one of those things where it's just like normal people and children don't care. <laughs> in, in fighting random Pokemon fucks up your stats. <laughs> Does it? Yes, because. When you're fighting random Pokemon, every Pokemon you defeat ha- adds like a hidden value to to your stat growth on your next level up. So if you fight like a whole bunch of Ponytas, they give you stat points to attack or special attack. I don't remember. But then when you next level up, you'll have more attack on that level. Hmm. So those it's like when you level up and you see those numbers go up, that's not actually just random or fixed to, to the type of Pokemon. It's also influenced by what you've been fighting. Which basically means that when you play through one of those Pokemon games the normal way that you do, your starter Pokemon is technically shit at the end of the game because it's just got random stats rather than like actually carefully carefully constructed stats. stats. (laughs) Okay. So that would explain a lot. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Even if it's a small, um, you know, influence, it still would be something. I guess this because there's no real benefit to being an all rounder in Pokemon either. No. You want to. So does that mean like to train to fight other Pokemon trainers, you have to basically finish the game and then start training? If or... you want to, yeah, pretty much. You want to fly to the because the way it always used to be it was like you because you knew where certain Pokemon spawned. It'd be like you fly to the route and then you just grind on that one Pokemon and run away from all the other ones. Hmm. Grind Ponytas forever or whatever, and that's why that sucked. <laughs> But then right. when they eventually introduced like IV training or whatever in whichever game that was, well, no, I guess it probably was in black and white as well, where you can just, it's essentially you're just adding that value directly without having to do a fight via some other mini game. Oh yeah, I remember the mini games. <laughs> so that could let you make specific Pokemon builds much easier, but like, is a mini game to do that better than just grinding random battles? Probably not really. <laughs> I don't know because it kind of i mean this whole the, the, yeah the, but perhaps it does need to be a better training mechanic something that doesn't involve just going out and fighting but like which wouldn't matter too much if the grind wasn't the same all the time you know it's like because it's a proper grind in yeah in pokemon um it's just it's not all that entertaining because even when you had that those later ones with the mini games it was like that only got you the stats so you still had to grind xp to level up right yeah so you did the whole mini game grind and then you just had to go like where can i go to use xp share to the maximum effect with the most like best xp off the random encounters and just mm. kill them with a burner pokemon basically <laughs> yeah sort of where pokemon starts to fall apart for me all of that stuff yes the and deep like, stats yeah uh, it's not appealing in any way, really. Uh, but, but it is kind of cool in some ways. It's like, neat that it exists and that there is very variation it's, amongst it. It's, it's, it's not like how, level 100 Jigglypuff is the same as every other level 100 it, Jigglypuff. It, it's weird yeah, how it completely opaque it is, like compared to like a, a more complicated game would expose more of that and you'd know yeah. more. Whereas with Pokemon, it's like it's kiddie. 
but then the deep stuff you have to is like a secret game underneath. Well, the deep is stuff is like an end game thing in a lot of the yeah. most more recent ones. Where it's like it, it used to be completely opaque, and you just had to look it up on a wiki or whatever. But yeah. in, the, in these later ones, once the specific mini game training and all that stuff have started happening, they made it slightly more transparent, but only like the super end game for the crazy people. That's better because I'm, I'm not even a Pokemon person, but I thought they were moving towards making some of that easier to see. Yeah. That was like with those mini games and some of those other, they started showing those stats a little more directly that mm. used to just be completely hidden. And in, even in Let's Go, you have like that their level up system also has like kind of like the mobile one that has like you feed them candies to level up specific stats mm. so it's not just based on because there aren't really wild fights to grind off of course in that game so you if you want to get specific stats on your pokemon in that game you have this other system i, I would i guess i would want pokemon a bit the world to be and uh, to be fleshed out in a way that doesn't make every pokemon seem like a fight hungry you want like well, you want them to be like actual wildlife, yeah, not just a thing that attacks you occasionally. Yeah, I think I want them, want them to move more that way, and then maybe that's a bit more of the cartoon influence coming through. Yeah, where it's just like oh, like a lot of things might might run away from you, so you might actually have to put some skill into actually figuring out how to catch these things. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. Not everything has to be this caterpillar is really angry at this dragon. <laughs> Here comes a fight. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think all Pokemon should be idiots. No, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I feel like we'll see what they actually come up with for new stuff in, that they keep claiming they're doing. But if it's still anyway, yeah. if it's still got the regular Pokemon systems, it feels like probably what they'll come up with new will be just some like layer on it in the way that the Z moves kind of were and the Mega Evolutions kind of were. Or maybe they'll just branch out and make a completely separate thing again, like with the stupid beauty costume uh, contests back in whichever one that was. Gold, no, that can't be golden. Well, maybe it was golden silver. The stupid beauty competition. They have like a crafts, obviously, because it's yeah. <laughs> it was like it was kind of like that where you had to you, you had to feed your Pokemon special food and train them up in a specific way, and like all the normal moves existed in the beauty competition, but they had like a different set of stats for the beauty competition. So it's like Sing was way good for the beauty contest. Mm. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Puffs. What you so maybe what you want is actually just different disciplines that it's not all about fighting that like maybe there's a racing class because yeah. they then... show in that in the really brief footage tra- slash trailers things that they showed they showed the trainer walking out into what looks like a Pokemon stadium but he's dressed in like a football uniform <laughs> right and then so people were like oh maybe there's like some kind of Pokemon football mini game or something baseball <laughs> that'd be football because we're in. In England. Oh, what, like um, dog football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except football, football, not American football. Yeah, yeah. Oh, soccer. <laughs> yes. I suppose that's soccer is a little more Japanese, isn't it? And they're a bit more into that than they are their NFL. <laughs> kind of. They, they like, just, baseball, they like baseball, yeah. Mm, they do like baseball. Yeah. So, so who knows what that actually means or whether it was just like, maybe that's just... Some of them, maybe that's just the outfit you can buy for your trainer. Since mm. you obviously you can dress them up as usual. <laughs> what about some of the um, Pokemon? Uh, was it the, the the 
the pet your Pokemon oh, stuff yes. from Let's Go or whatever. Well, yeah, that's been in like various forms in the last two or three games, I guess. You had the even on the 3DS, you had the stupid pet them and feed them weird foods, and then you had the like <laughs> X and no, wait, not X and Y, the 3DS one, Sun and Moon had the like blow dry and brush the dirt off and all that stuff. Like horse, so I would guess that that'll probably be back in some form. Just imagine getting on your panitas and going for a horse racing, like put them in chocobo racing, but for Pokemon. I mean, the, the brushing them off and stuff made more sense than the, than the petting them. Maybe because you could take, you could just take anything into the petting screen and be like, I'm going to pet this fucking boulder or pet Mewtwo because it clearly likes it. This Gengar. <laughs> yeah, pet a ghost. It's really handsy. <laughs> Mr. Really Mr. Mime pet, friggin' loves it. Pet this slug made of lava, because that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Who knows what will happen when you touch an unknown? <laughs> yeah, which bit do you stroke? Sure. <laughs> Missing now. The eyeball. Right on the eyeball. Yeah, right on the eyeball. <laughs> Poke him in the eye. <laughs> I mean, that was the the, what you might call the the trick of that petting thing was like finding out which part they actually like being petted on. <laughs> like, where do you pet me to? Fuck only those. Just, just like people. Yeah. <laughs> so there's the Pokemon. That's <laughs> that's, that's Pokemon. Okay. That's, you know, I mean, meant to come yeah. out this year, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, of kind of cautiously optimistic about that. I think it could be fine. We need um, to know a hell of a lot more. Could be fine yeah, at yeah. this point. <laughs> Which we will do at Which, E3, presumably. Yeah, yeah, at E3. So that'll be that. Cool. What else is going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Labo VR. Yep. That pattern was true. The rumor was true. It's happening. Toycon 4, or whatever it is, is a card. Well, it's a Google Cardboard into which you slap Shop your switch your in. Switch. Yeah. yeah. With, a, with lenses. <laughs> Not cardboard lenses. No, like proper lenses. I, couldn't, I suppose you couldn't no. construct those. No. Uh, yeah. But like the interesting thing about that, that shot is that both of the Joy-Cons are still attached to the switch, like in your face. So okay. Like, is, so, is there actually a game element to this, or is well, it I mean, just? They a... showed that it's got like you know this classic Toy-Con set thing where it's got like four, four or five different things you can make. But then, how do they? Well, work? one of them, one of them is the more classic VR-looking visor thing, and then you've got one which is like <laughs> looks like you've just got a bird stuck on your face. <laughs> face bird. So yeah, different different games will probably require different movement solutions Different so maybe looking. there's just one where it's only looking around and then yeah. maybe one of them you only use one of the joy cons and then have some other kind of movement or something mm. who knows i don't know if i'm comfortable with the idea of putting my switch on your in face. a headset it's quite heavy yeah also the labo well i suppose now you said there's multiples so that makes it a bit more but like the whole labo cardboard thing the whole build can't be that complicated unless well, I don't know. It just can't be that. Quite. It's not just not as interesting as the others to me. Well, I don't know. It depends what they can, what other parts they might be able to attach within it. Like if you still had the Joy-Con with the IR sensor attached to your face, you could like put extra buttons on the outside of the headset, <laughs> poke your face. <laughs> I guess what hold yourself like um like you're staring through a periscope or something, and there's buttons on the side of the periscope. Yeah. 
I was going to say I was hold the switch in place. You could just hold the controllers on your face. Well, yeah. <laughs> attached to the switch still. Just be like, whoa. I mean, that would basically be like a periscope. Yeah. Steel Diver comes back. <laughs> Makes sense why it was in Smash Bros. <laughs> they did put out a remake well, yes, of Steel, Di- Steel Diver. Uh, yeah, so that's weird. Hmm. I don't know. But the rumors are true all along. All the way back from E3 in 2017. <laughs> well, yeah, there was like E3 two years. It was like a patent. Yeah, that, that patent. Did, did the rounds and got at, got at. Weird, but makes sense. What's next? Well, it's interesting. Well, I suppose it's interesting just from the sense that they're continuing with Lavo in some way. Well, right? yeah, that too. <laughs> they did just completely give up on that immediately. No. Nah. <laughs> Well, we know what's inevitably weird. The design of Sonic the Hedgehog, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> Obviously, that was going to be bad. I mean, in a, in, a, in a strange way, I don't think it, if that picture... We don't even... Well, okay, we're not 100% sure that that picture is I thought legit. we were, sure. <laughs> Probably. I think that it's, it's a very high probability, but I don't think the studios actually come out and said this is the official image or anything. I think it's sort of a leak. Um, or at least that's how it started. Maybe that's evolved since then. Um, but I don't think it's as bad as it could have been I mean, from those initial silhouettes. It's he like, looks like he'd be right at home in the Detective Pikachu movie, basically. I mean, he kind of does, yeah. <laughs> well, that's just it, is that the big Detective Pikachu ones seem to have done a better job of like taking the proportions and then making them sort of CGI well, furry. Well, yeah, because they've like, just really made looking. Pokemon, but they, they, they just have fur on them. Whereas this one, it's yeah. like they've made a design of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, they, they changed Sonic. Like, and the, they didn't the just eyes, take... Isn't it? The yeah, eyes. the eyes... The eyes are not Sonic, yeah. But then Sonic's like single giant <laughs> eye with moving irises. Like, how would that, what would that look like on a, in an actual real world? I mean, it's, yeah, it's probably weird anyway. But I mean, how pronounced was the single giant eye in the original early designs of Sonic? Was, was, it, um, was there a big gap, you know, at, at the bridge? Well, of the in nose? the earliest designs, I guess it would have, well, um, not the designs, but I guess the pixel art, you only can have so low a resolution on the gap. Yeah, it's always going to be like one giant pixel in there. Yeah, but there was a lot of like cartoon art, wasn't there, around it as yeah, well? The actual design, the designs. gap, right? Was the gap always there? Is my question, or has it got pro- more pronounced over the years? I think it has always been there. I bet. I well, I would assume that that was like probably in a design document where it's like his eyes have to have this connecting thing because that's part of his design, and you can't do it in the other way. But yeah, I'm so, totally so... fine with getting rid of that for the movie. That's fine. It's just they've made his eyes like. No, too realistic. Too ra- yeah, too round. <laughs> too much like regular ass eyes. Yeah, so a lot of the original art, he's got the gap as well. Um, but it 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 gets lower depending on how uh, how much attitude he's showing at the time. <laughs> how much yeah. tued. Well, you, you know the classic like meme images of Sonic where, where whenever Sonic goes wide eyed, it's just like it always turns into just like an oblong. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, well, this was the thing, like um. Uh, STC Sonic the comic they basically used to draw him without the divot like it was just a an oblong yeah, yeah I vaguely remember that first you say no <laughs> then but then here's the thing it's not the it's not like that all of the Sonic characters are single eyed no. like that it's like you know it's, uh, Tails has always been regular eyed du- yeah duoed and a lot of you know even some of the other ones like get close to being 
the same sort of look for the, but they are actually two eyed in some cases. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. But that just makes something even more weird. Oh yeah, Rouge is another one that's two eyed. But yeah, it's a, a, I don't know. I suppose it's, it's mildly makes sense from a realism point of view, maybe, but. You're changing should, Sonic, man. I mean, this movie can't possibly be good. It can't possibly. No. I'm so still going to see it and hate it. But <laughs> Great. Yeah. I'm going I'm to fuel this fire. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, you've been fueling it for years. Oh, yeah. Can't help myself. Yeah, that's okay. They're, at least they're Sonic Mania. Also, I have to agree with the, all the comments about, like, those 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 shoes are whack. <laughs> that, that's yep, not right. they're whack. Yep. Uh Especially I mean, when there are real life recreations of the actual of the proper shoes, like yeah. to some extent that look and just good. other red shoes that Nike make. If you wanted your project product placement, yeah. that are just nicer and more Sonic esque, even though they weren't trying to be. I guess they couldn't get that. Was it the milk license that they had for Sonic Two to make those like grind shoes? <laughs> <laughs> Was it milk? Or was it some... <laughs> something like that? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you remember. I wonder if that that brand was never heard of it before. <laughs> never heard of it before or after? No, but it was apparently a real thing. <laughs> We're not into shoes, despite Rob's Twitter claiming otherwise. Oh yeah, yeah. Put, well, it wasn't my Twitter; it was my Sneak Facebook. Ahead. So I had to put a, put a crap check out there. Crap check. Crap check. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I was going to look up some other stuff. Talk, talk, <laughs> put his phone away so we don't know. Yeah, talk, talk EA because there's some EA stuff. Oh, right. EA is not doing a press conference at E3. Right. <laughs> I mean, thing. no, it seems to be very unfashionable to do anything at E3 these days. Well, no EA are at least turning up to E3. So. Yeah, they're, turning <laughs> they're up only like 50%. At so does E3 that mean they're not doing a media briefing anywhere in the world at that point? Or I don't any kind think of so. thing? They claim that they're doing some kind of like. I mean, they've got no fucking games, so bit. who cares? Uh, I guess they do, but well, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're doing some kind of streaming event sometime before regular E3, sometime before where their press conference would have been. Okay, fair enough. And you know, they want to bring in the influencers and the game, what, whatever they were called, game makers. Influencers. No, what were those called? What, game changers. There oh, you go. Game, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was trying to remember EA's dumb. Ran for that. Influencers, as in people on Twitch. Yes, then oh, you know okay. they have their game changers thing. They've done that a few times with like the last couple of battlefields where they bring in semi-famous internet people and be like, well, "What do you think about this?" And they're like, "I like it because I'm paid to be." Here. I'm paid to like it. Yay! <laughs> Great. Gotta love where things are going in terms of game journalism and stuff being yes. sort of outmoded. But like it's fake you know, news. Yeah. The E3 situation. E3 is. We already thought it was becoming less relevant, and now apparently everyone else thinks so too. Yeah, fully, fully unrelevant. <laughs> unrelevant. Unrelevant. And, and apparently, EA news. Yeah. Um, Anthem is crashing people's systems. Yeah, yeah most prominently on the PS4. This sounds bad. Like full system level crash, right? Yeah, not mm. just crashing the app, but crashing the whole system. Which, you know, isn't 100% unheard of in no. consoles. It's like I've, I've had proper hardware lockups on past... Xbox and things yeah. as well. And, but if that, but... that shouldn't really get past the quality gate, if that's... 
I know. Well, who knows? Like, the problem problem we've had from is like, it sounds like it might be quite a, it might be one of those things that tends to happen more in longer play sessions. And that's the kind of thing where you're like, no one's going to test that. Who wants to play out from that much? Right. That sounds like, you know, that kind of crash sounds like one or two things memory leak, or they're actually managing to overheat the hardware somehow. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Both of which are possible. Sure. You'd think but if yeah. it was going to overheat the hardware, it would it would just crash the app, right? Uh, it depends. The OS like, to, like some hardware reacts differently to others. It's like yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, normally, like I, I don't know. In PC land, we're used to say the processor hits a certain threshold, the motherboard knows to just shut down immediately. Yeah, right. Just yeah. turn all power off and go. Nope, can't can't be dealing. Or it could be like a um, combo where like the game. The overheat causes the game to crash, but it's not a graceful crash, and it takes the system down with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and an and overheat wouldn't. Well, yeah, it could be an ungraceful. Well, maybe, or maybe there's just no decent thermal spec on whatever piece is like overheating. Maybe there's not enough sensor there, mm. you know, and that it get reaches a certain point and it just causes the hardware to fail maybe. in a maybe in an undefined manner. Speculation, um, but yeah, which is kind happening. of what happened to the. 360. It's not quite the same thing, but that's kind of what the Red Ring was about, or some of the other issues around Red Ring. Yeah, where like like you could you could have overheat scenarios that would make things just go a bit weird. Um, I don't know. I had that when my one of my Xboxes got fixed, and it came back, and you could play Mass Effect for about five minutes before it entered an overheat scenario where the screen went orange checkerboard. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, Man, those things were screwed. How many times did you send your Xbox back? Like five or six, like loads. Freaking hell! Well, yeah, my 360 was well. It was like first gen. They should have given you a freaking new one after they, the well, sixth they, time. They, I got a refurb at one point, so it's not my original one, right? That I've, that I've got now. It was replaced at some point, but it was, I think it was replaced with a refurb first gen. Yeah. So, so it looks it identical. Still? All right. Yeah. Yeah, and a core. Yeah, and in fairness, Any... once they did that, that one's been fine. <laughs> so yeah. clearly, they got something right with those reverbs. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I kind of think maybe it was patched in. Like you could you could be anything at this point because we don't forget we're hearing about this a little bit after launch. It's like it, yeah, d- it didn't maybe. come out through the beta weekend. It didn't come out through. I thought it had though. Oh, did maybe... it? Maybe it had I mean, certain people or something. Maybe it's know. only blown up on I since it's been on full launch and more people are putting their hands on it. And the scale of the problems become apparent. Might be more. Might have been a more recent one. Oh, okay. Like it might have that some patch somewhere might have done something to make it worse at least. Yeah. <laughs> I hear they've been trying to work through some of their connectivity and loading pause issues, and maybe it's <laughs> like related. So yeah, Anthem. Not going too well. Meanwhile, Apex Legends is hit like fifty million players or something. Yeah, absolutely killing it. So, well, to the point where I think Fortnite are paying attention, and they've like there's rumours that there's going to be like a respawn mechanic for its squad modes, <laughs> um, just like Apex has. Yeah, all games are going to be the same. Well, either well, well, either there'll be Fort- Dota or there'll be Fortnite. Well, <laughs> Fortnite has that has that weird thing that only they can do at the moment, which seems to be they can develop things faster than anyone else, and they'll just put it in the game faster than anyone else. Or Apex comes out with this mechanic, and it's like what less than a 
less than a month and they're already sitting there going, yeah, no, we're going to do that too. Because they Facebook can. Are like, oh, yeah. Snapchat, you've got stories. I'm going to put stories into Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye-bye, Snapchat. I never really understood that story thing anyway. Yeah, it's so. stupid. It makes kind of sense on Instagram, I think, but otherwise not. It just shows up in Facebook Messenger every year. Like, there's just an extra giant play button that sometimes has a person's face on it and you press it and all it does is show you a post they made and it's like well i could have seen that on facebook yeah you know your main platform (laughs) yeah but they don't want you to only use messenger they want to get you into facebook so they can i'm already on facebook i don't (laughs) yeah but you're looking at messenger and it's like yeah you're only looking at messages from your friends you're not looking at all our dumb bullshit advertising we've got to get you over so that you're looking at the stupid news feed (laughs) So that we can... I'm already posting crep checks on Facebook. <laughs> See, that's where Instagram stories are good. <laughs> you could post a crep check every day. <laughs> Pretty much. Or, or an equivalent one of those. Because they mm. expire. I think that's the thing about them, isn't it? Or they... Or they yeah. Oh, do they? They're, they're, they're ephemeral. They, yeah. They actually get removed if, they, if you so. don't. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, I think that's the idea of them. So okay. you don't feel well, so that, bad that is like, okay. That is a point. But then, yeah. what is in, oh, I just don't want. I don't want it in Messenger. Go away. Exactly. It, they're just shoving Pointless. it everywhere. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, Project. features and stealing features and putting them in your game. That's what every developer does in fairness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fair it's enough. Big old <laughs> chain of thievery. Uh, what else going on? Google's controller for its upcoming console platform, the, or some design right. documents thereof, have leaked, and uh, I don't know. That thing doesn't look good. Like I don't know. There's no representation of what the actual console is or does, or none of that stuff. But it doesn't sound like anyone a, really knows anything. No, I mean the only lead we have about the well, there's two things we know. For one, it's called Yeti, <laughs> or at least that's Code their name. project yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, and the other is that is the fact that Google trialed streaming Assassin's Creed through a browser. Yeah, sure. Fine. And those are the only two things we've got to go on. Which may be unrelated got... to the Yeti project, potentially. Potentially, yeah. Um, and and now we've got this controller, which looks like a blocky mess. It looks yeah. sub-ooya, you know. <laughs> That's what we're yeah, talking about here. But I don't know. That might, I don't know. It could be an early anything. design dog, yeah. right? Yeah, it could be something like like the Steam controller, as Zach men- mentioned before we went on air. It's like it could be something really subject to change before it actually comes out. Um, I don't know, but like, if that's what they st- even if that's what they started with, I have my like concerns that that's like they they don't get this space. Well, if they don't, then they'll fail. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's I, not like I doubt they're going to put out a crappy controller. Google, I, think it's I mean, let's uh, maybe, but let's not forget that you know. Uh, well, uh, uh, the, you know, there was always the rumor that Apple were doing this as well, that we're researching this space and we're planning on doing something, and then kind of decided against it eventually. I mean, for years, people wondered whether nin- Apple would buy Nintendo, right? Back before the Wii, yeah, yeah, and that never happened. Which is good, I feel. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it's all worked out for the best for the most part. They always say. bring yeah. on someone at their press conferences, Apple, to show off gaming on the metal, um, you know, or whatever the latest on the i, you know, amazing three D graphics you can get on an iPad or whatever. So they always mm. try and court gamers 
but like they I, I feel like they deliberately they actually really don't care about gaming they just they just it's like a token thing where it's like look at our partners they can do these cool things on our hardware but they don't actually kind of yeah which maybe that's good i don't know so here's 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 what you can achieve now which might be why maybe they're paying bethesda to make that elder scrolls thing i don't know (laughs) i think they're like apple's philosophy is like they 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 make products for a kind of imaginary hipster where like their life (laughs) is a real video games you know you know what i mean They, they they it's like the computer for your life and uh, and and in their minds their customer like is always just going out for drinks or something and not like <laughs> playing video games do you know do you know what i mean it's like an imaginary or doing life much work or doing going running or or doing yeah exactly like if you think you about the that... people in their adverts they're not really yeah games. have you seen that new apple watch ad like while you're on it the other day no, like, even even gnome looked at it and thought they're, they're over egging this a bit oh god no, it's basically, like, it? you know, you know, okay, you know, the sort of in, indoor skydiving, like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, I do. basically, like someone running just casually just flies into the sky and goes into an extended, like, skydiving spinning sequence and then lands in a in a very pretty lake and you get like an underwater shot that looks a little bit like anime for a second and right. then he comes up and it's just like you can free yourself with an apple watch or exactly. something <laughs> it's like, exactly. oh god, what a load of bullshit, but that's what they're aiming for, right? Uh, um. And you have to admit that, like, it's kind of works in an annoying way. You do kind of think to yourself, hmm, actually, I've got the iPad and I've got the phone and I've got the computer, but what if I had the watch and I could do all of this stuff? It's like, in fairness, no, I am, you don't need that. I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit. <laughs> I know, um, everyone. Like, attached to that, simply because I'm buying into Samsung land at the moment. Yeah. I've got my Samsung screen, yeah. I've got my Samsung phone, I'm going to... Gotta get well, I've, got Samsung Samsung I've got a Galaxy headphones. Watch on order, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. You know, I'm I'm getting in there. But none in of fairness, us. I need I needed the watch. My one. My did you hear the thing yeah. about Microsoft band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it'll the, 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 like, yeah. or not just that. They're, they're not super killing right? it. Yeah, like yeah. They're, they're they're getting rid of the sync service. You won't even be able to store your runs anymore. So it's like, oh great. Anyway, my point is these lifestyle electronic brands or whatever aren't that into video games. No, no, they don't. They don't give a monkeys. It's just a, another back on which they can piggy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny for Samsung because they make TVs which you, people use to play video games as a de- like your one. Yeah, exactly. They're probably the you know one of the primary ways to play video games is on one of them. Is on a, on a TV. TV. Yeah, right? I'd imagine. Yeah. But and yet TVs. Manufacturers don't seem to care about video games. Apart from Sony. So, well, Sony have tried, haven't yeah. they? They really, really have tried over the years. But they, even then, they like their their gamer-focused screens have always not been great, like, mm. for some reason. Like, do you remember, the was it the PlayStation-ish TV they yeah, put I out? Yeah, I do remember for, that, yeah. For PS3? I feel like that was more of a... They were coming at it from the angle of cheapness rather than game quality. Yeah, like what a low refresh rate or whatever for an actual game. Well, game, I think whereas this, the, that one was just cheap. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, it was sort of middling in a number of ways. I, I want to say that they did manage to get the latency down a little bit on their screens, but at the cost of fidelity. Mm. Like it, it, it went, it didn't go both ways, unfortunately. And it also wasn't a good time to be making a new TV, considering how that, the standards were shifting at that point. Well, yeah, and their TV <laughs> business was, like, as it turned out. Was really suffering yeah. at that point in time. 
I guess it. I guess it was one of those desperation moves, right? It's like that their TV. They saw their TV business was starting to slump for a moment, and it was like, "What do we do? What do we do? Uh, we've got E3. We can put like a TV on at E3. <laughs> Maybe it will sell." Well, and then they just got good at making OLEDs, so you know, <laughs> saved them a little bit. More news? Ooh, I don't think so. No. Okay. That's all I've got, really. Yeah, that'll do it. It's time for what you've been playing. Games! Zach, what have you been playing? Well, two relatively important things, I guess. Relatively important. <laughs> important in the grand scheme of games. Yeah, I guess. It's all, all relative. Um, I played Dirt Rally 2, I guess, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Not all that much, because, well... Because it's a hassle, <laughs> which is really the main, adva- main disadvantage of that the, the whole steering wheel situation. It's cool, but it's kind of a pain. <laughs> We're like, oh, I have to attach this whole rig to my desk, and I have to get a chair that doesn't have wheels on. And <laughs> yeah, okay. So, in like in my case, I get that right because I have less time than I know I have done you know, over the last few years to play games at the moment. So, the the, the the process of rigging up the wheel, getting settled, moving a couch into a position where I'm not going to slide across the floor on my chair. Uh, you know, getting all that, uh, and then setting all that up dec- t- takes away from my game playing time, which is something you're not short of. <laughs> well, the, the actual problem is it combos with the fact that I can't withstand using the wheel for like more than an hour. Oh, right. So it's like I'd, if it if it wasn't count, like I'm going to set this up, but then basically you have to put it away again instantly. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, kind yeah. of also negates it in a different direction. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. So, <laughs> what is it? You just get a little bit. I like just too uh, tense, I guess. Oh, okay. Like, well, you're up. gripping too tight. Yeah, I, I, it's too hardcore. Can't withstand <laughs> that much physical stress. <laughs> Sidewinder still holding up, then? Yeah, it still works. It's still it functions the same, and that that can basically be said about the whole of that race. It pretty Is the game any good? Pretty much exactly the same as Dirt Rally One. Right. But, so, so they didn't fuck up the physics. Hooray. Good. And co uh, driver. But with more drags and cars, right? Or It's basically got the same amount of tracks as Dirt Rally did when it finished. So once it had got out of early access and got all its extra stuff like Sweden okay. and Finland and all those, it's got the six environments equivalent to Dirt Rally's six. Right. And each, and each with two ribbons. Each with two roads, yeah. It's almost yeah. a shame you can't just combine the games into one game. Well, you can, but it's DLC. Oh, what? <laughs> wait, so what wait. For? So the, if... f- the first of the seasons has been announced to be basically Germany, Monaco, and Sweden. So the three of the six that were in Dirt Rally, they're but, already bringing back in the first pack. But new ribbons or the old ones? They haven't specifically said, but okay. the footage they've showed of Monaco, it looks like the same one, but that's Monaco. I have so to admit, there was some of... stuff from... Is, okay, so is there like a road rally already in the game? Like a, like There's a... Spain, so you get the tarmac there. Does that look a lot like Germany? Not really, because it's okay, Spain. Okay, because I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Yeah, I might <laughs> yeah, have seen... I think they have shown a little bit of Germany. And footage. it looks a lot like Germany from the... There's also Poland, which is similar in in Valley Two. Oh, okay. Tarmac and fields. Yeah, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Then. There's not that much tarmac in that Poland rally. It's more dirt. And yeah, there's specifically a bit where you know, like in the Germany one, there's like lots of like right-angled turns with like yeah, with hay bales bit, and, and yeah, and the, the bit with the plane. I suppose you drive around. Yeah, some there. of it's... that is similar in Poland. 
they have the hairpins and, okay. uh, and the chicanes where it's hay bales on the road or whatever. Right, yeah, so maybe that's what I've seen. But yeah, the physics is basically the same as far as I can tell. I haven't really got that deep into it. I've only really been doing like, you know, the 60s front wheel drive shipmobiles. So I haven't <laughs> really got into like Group B or anything to see how much that might or might not be different. I did do a couple of, there was a couple of dailies that required you to use rear wheel drive. And I had a couple of, because I've got the deluxe edition, but we'll get into that in a minute. I had a couple of rear wheel drives that I could use for the dailies. And I was like, I, I'm just, you know, the dailies just give you cash, so it's like you might as well do them. Hmm. But then I was like, I've completely forgotten how to drive real real drive. No, right, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't even tell whether the physics was the same for them because I was just so bad at managing it at all. I just couldn't even <laughs> tell. The bit I'm most interested in with the physics is the bit I, the problem, the thing I had the biggest problem with in the first game, which is the the roll. Well, yeah, that's the thing that was the thing that they fixed in Dirt Four. In the, while they screwed up most of the other physics, right? So <laughs> the so, weight of the cars. So that role has moved. The good role has moved over onto dirt rolls. Good, ev- dirt ones. Good, everything else. Yeah, I would say probably. I haven't really rolled that much to be able to tell. Of course, okay, yeah. I've, <laughs> I've only been playing with the shitty slow cars. So I haven't had that much opportunity. But I definitely did roll it. There was well, it's I. So far out of the roles I've had, I might have said one of them seemed weirdly like not good, and some of the other ones were okay. They always felt mm. so sudden to me in the first day. Yeah, like you'd be from you'd go from absolutely fine to be suddenly rolling incredibly fast, like in an instant. And it's like, yes, that could happen, I guess, depending on the thing you hit. But often, in the thing you hit didn't look like it should have created that amount of roll. Like it just, well, it just mean, they just seemed way too eager that's to more go. Of a collision problem than a roll problem necessarily. Yeah, potentially, but it's like it's all it all fed back into itself. Yeah. Like it, the cars always felt way too eager to roll. I did have a problem where, and I couldn't. This was one of those situations where I couldn't tell whether it was what I did or whether I was just doing a bad run or whether it was some weird weirdness with physics that I wasn't accounting for. But there was a run where I was. I think I must have been in the US track, so it was gravel or whatever. And uh, it was a run where it was, I don't think it, no, it was all dry, so it wasn't wet. But it was two stages, and one was long and one was short. No, wait, they were both short. They were both short stages, and because of that, I was like, I'll change the tyre compound, because that's a thing you can do now. You can have soft tyre compound, which theoretically gives you more grip Hmm. for a shorter period of time. Like how tyre compound works. So I was like, oh, I can try this out because two short stages, I won't have any. I can use the soft compound that will wear out quicker because that's, you know, two short stages. Good opportunity to try it. And then on that, some, when I went into there, I just like, there was corner, like regular sort of free grade corners where I rolled over. Like I turned in and just roll out. Oh, weird. <laughs> and I was like, have I got too much grip? <laughs> It's like, am I trying to slide on the gravel and my tires are just digging in that much that it's just literally just flipping me? I mean, that shouldn't happen. Not really, no. (laughs) But I couldn't tell because it's just like that was the only variable that I thought that I changed, but maybe it was some other track condition thing happening as well. Yeah, that's that's That sounds weird. But yeah, that was slightly strange. And then the track degradation thing and all that. Yeah. Which I realized was, has. A slight problem with that system, which is yeah. well, actually, it's a slight problem of that system combined with the weird difficulty settings. You like choose a difficulty setting, but it's on a slide of between one and a hundred, and it, it says like medium is sort of between like sixty and seventy-five. But what the fuck does that mean? 
<laughs> and where are you going to put yourself on this one to a hundred scale on skill level, I guess. Hmm. So that's the sort of problem with that. But that feeds into the problem with the track degradation, which is that if you haven't got your if you haven't got your difficulty setting right, because how could you? Mm. <laughs> how could you possibly know? Then you're either going to see perfect tracks every time or completely destroyed tracks every time, because you're either going to be winning all the time and therefore going last and therefore getting the most fucked up track, or you're going to be losing all the time and therefore getting the clean track. <laughs> it's like it, you don't get an opportunity to see all of the different states of the track, really, because mm. you're either going to be winning or losing, and that automatically puts you on the good or the bad track. <laughs> mm. So you find, I mean, so how, how does the how do they handle? Like, does the bad track noticeably handle differently, or and and is it consistently the same bad? Or I like, haven't or... been able to tell that yet because I've okay. driven the same track enough to be able to tell. But right. it, basically, when the track's all degraded, like you can, the car just bounces a lot more. Like mm. you can constantly feel it every time you're in a corner it's like you're getting that bounciness where you're like you're having the extra correct right yeah conversation so you're, you're going to be on the edge of grip far more often yeah so you definitely can feel it mm. it's just like that's all you're going to feel right <laughs> you don't really get an opportunity to it's like the first track of a new season you get the clean track because it hasn't read, ranked your positions and then every other track after that once you've won you get shit <laughs> <laughs> you get the constant shit so yeah, uh, I mean, are you finding it like in the same way? Like I don't know, Dirt One was hard to always hard to win. Well, that's the trouble with this difficulty slider. It's like I came in and I was like, I heard someone on the internet say who I would say was quite good at sim racing esque things. He was like, oh, I'm getting destroyed at seventy five, and I was like, Well, okay, seventy five is still medium, so maybe I'll go to like the low end of medium. So I set it down into like the sixties, and it's that like this seems too easy. Except when mm. it's not. Except it's got that classic dirt problem where it's like, occasionally there'll just be a stage where the CPU keeps up with you for no apparent reason. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like they really should have, because they kind of did it in Dirt 4, they should have just had like a thing where it's just like, just race this stage and we'll rate your skill level based on your time and how much you crashed and that kind of stuff. Because mm. they did do that at the start of Dirt 4. They had like, this is your sign up race or whatever where it's like show your skills to the sponsors and <laughs> and then upload it to YouTube. Yeah, then upload it to YouTube but yeah, like, I feel like they really should have done something like that for Dirt Rally because it's when you've just got a one to a hundred slider and then you just have no fucking idea what you're doing. It's just like what how are you even meant to know how to set that? Mm. And I couldn't find I don't think you can change it after you've started a championship or whatever. Oh right. Well that's which make kind of sense. Yeah. But, like lock in at least. But it's you know then you're doing a whole championship where it's like I'm I'm oh, well I still finished the first one I started oh right not just a single rally no the whole, yeah the whole six rallies oh, four stages on each yeah which is quite long yeah so yeah there's that um, yeah I, I got the deluxe edition because well basically because I saw it for as expensive as the regular edition would have been because it was discounted okay. so yep. I was like well that, that makes perfect sense to get that then fair enough yeah so I'm going to get the extra DLC cars and tracks in the two seasons oh is it actually out. got season pass in the deluxe yeah, version yeah it's built into the deluxe okay. and you That's start cool. with extra cars or whatever mm. although the starting with extra cars thing is weird because like I kind I kind of feel like I need to go watch some videos of other people starting the game to work out 
how it even works because in the deluxe edition you start with like five cars and, and then it gives you ones from like quite high up so you've got like you've got a, the fulvia the 1960s you've got like some 70s and 80s rear wheel drives you've got a group b i think you have a group a maybe Mm. So you get like a selection of cars. So you could go right to the yeah. So you could go to the yeah. But then, so that's obviously the deluxe thing. But you start with no money, and then I was like, okay, so what if you don't have the deluxe edition? What does it start you with then? You start with money, so you'd have to buy one of the cheap cars. And or just because it, I've got the deluxe edition, it gets rid of the money because you've already got all these cars. Or does it just give you one of the? Or does it just give you one of the, like the starter the 60s cars? cars? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And also, apparently, for some, I think in the because there was an early access period as well for some other kind of pre-order. Some because they were having problems with their online connectivity during that period, they just gave a lot of the people who were online during that time like a million credits. No, and right. people were like, "Don't do that. That's fucking my progression." Because now I've just got all this money, and I don't need to earn the right to buy all these cars. Mm. <laughs> So I don't know. It's weird. The pro- progression and that kind of side of it is still strange. But apart, the physics is good. It still has the kind of Dirt 4-esque version of like the services or whatever, where you've got the option between like quick fix or replace, rather than the stupid sliders from Dirt Rally 1. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool system. And you can choose how many spare tyres to take and all, that, all those little bits and pieces. And it's still got the full set of, you know... Once you unlock it, you get the the unnecessarily detailed sliders. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. bias and all that. The advanced <laughs> mad stuff. So yeah, it seems like basically just more dirt rally. And, you know, that's still pretty good. Yeah, not- I just... I just I, there's a, I'm a little bit disappointed from... Like, not because... The, it sounds like some of the changes they've made sound, sound sensible. Yeah. But Dirt 4 had hints of things going in a more interesting direction than what we've ended up with. Yes, the procedural tracks. Basically the, procedur- the, the procedural tracks, it was an interesting idea. It was clearly underbaked yes. in Dirt 4, but man, that's the right call, I think, for a series like this. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so it's a shame that that hasn't turned up and they're just going down the DLC route to sell tracks. I mean, maybe DLC, DLC Season Pass 2 will be like procedural versions of something. Like, maybe. This is the procedural Spain environment where it can create oh, a Spain track but it's procedural rather Yeah. That would be cool, but I don't think that... I, I reckon we're probably just going to get the other half of Dirt Rally 1. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool as well, I guess. But, like, I, I don't know, I'm a bit... And that annoys me a bit in itself. That like, if those ribbons are just the dirt one, dirt yeah, that one ribbons, that will that will suck because you're, then you're paying for something that the fans of the series are likely going to already have. Yeah, I mean, I did see someone commenting online where it's just like, just think of Dirt Rally Two as being reverse DLC for Dirt Rally One, where, you, <laughs> where you're getting six more new environments, except it's in this new game, and you're having to reinstall Dirt Rally One into it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm surprised I just didn't... I'm a little bit surprised, given that... Uh, I mean, it, st- it stings a little bit, given that Hitman 2, when they came out, and they were like, oh, yeah, if you've got Hitman 1... Yeah, it just it's all in all, there. all your content will come across into our into the new engine. No no biggie. Yeah. Um, It, it just feels like that would have been a great... Yeah, you know, don't sell it that to us again. Logical. Yeah, kind of thing. We've already got that. Don't let me buy it again. And it's also slightly sucks because... Uh, the the 
selection of environments they went with in Dirt 82 is not great. Mm. Well, basically, there's no snow for a start, which is why they have to bring back Sweden. Right. But it's like it's mostly gravel. You've got US, which is gravel. You've got Poland, which is some tarmac, but mostly dirt roads, which is functionally equivalent to gravel, <laughs> really. Uh, you've got Australia, which is gravel. Mm. You've got New Zealand, which is gravel. <laughs> and then you've got Spain, which is tarmac, and uh, Argentina, which is gravel. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's the core of Rally, but... Yes. But, well, you know, compared to Rally 1, with you had... The, you had more tarmac, I guess, and you had mm. ice and snow, and yeah, you had the interesting changing tarmac of Monaco. Yeah, I haven't actually played Argentina yet. That's okay. the that's the one. That's the that's the big one, I guess, for this set is because the, the potential for the most. You've interesting. seen the classic Argent- like clip footage from nineteen eighties rally in Argentina, mm. driving through those fucking rock fields, <laughs> the spectators yeah. crammed in all over the place. Yeah, basically do that. <laughs> I haven't tried that yet, so we'll see. Although you know, nineteen sixties car not going to be a problem. Probably, <laughs> I've also like this is a dirt one thing as well. Even if they didn't go the procedural generation route, I think their treatment of the stages being just two ribbons that you then split into either two big stages or four little stages and with reverse variants. Yeah. It's like, and the number of times you end up seeing those over the course of your campaign in Debt Rally 1, it never felt enough. Like, if you were doing, like, a the Rally of Greece... Yeah, I feel like they should have just limited it to never having the reverse and the same one in the same set. Yeah, and, and, then, and then have enough stages that you can pull that off. Well, you like I well, it wouldn't have been necessary. I don't think it was necessary to ever have like a twelve stage rally. They could have just had six be the maximum, and then it would never have yeah. to have the reverse. And yeah, the yeah, as long one. as they were all unique. Yeah, six unique stages. Oh, well, been I guess four would technically be the maximum if you were going fully unique rather than the two cut in half. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like I, I that it was, yeah, the quality of the stages was higher, but. There is a there is a point where a rally game needs to be about more stages. Yeah. Hence the procedural thing being compelling. It's like, I don't know, having to it got it got it got tiresome for me, mm. honestly. And I didn't get nearly as far as you did with Dirt with Dirt Rally One. Um and I didn't spend all that much time on some of the some of the later you know, because we were playing it since early access. I didn't spend all that much time with some of the stuff that came out later. Yeah, but that should have been where it did get new for you. Yeah, but it sort of didn't. Like at Finland, like I played a few times and was like, yeah, I've done this. Mm -hmm. Oh, now I'm doing it again. Eh. (laughs) You know, as much as I quite like Finland, with like, you know, fast and jumpy and difficult, it was was a cool stage, but yeah. um, uh, I don't know. It just just lost something compared to like, like, I, I always look back at like games like Dirt Rally. Not Dirt Rally, uh, Colin McRae Rally 2 and 3. It's, yeah, those stages were simpler. There was more of them, mm. which made made the rally feel complete. When you were doing Rally Australia or something, and you've got that one stage that's basically just a straight road next to a pipe. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's not a great stage, but it stood out as like, this is the one weird one <laughs> in this thing. Or like, oh, here will be a stage where you're going through a farmyard for, for a brief moment. And it's like, you know, the stages all had a thing. Yeah, um, that that separate them out that you just don't get in because there's so few in Dirt Rally. It's I don't know. 
it's bothered me. It, ha- it has always bothered me with this new direction, and they haven't fixed that here. I think that's more or less it for that reality. Mm. I ha- really haven't played it that much because <laughs> it's a hat. More next time. And because then, there's maybe. been other things to do. Well, not that much. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't remember if there's anything else I need to say about it. So never mind, let's move on to the other thing that I which played is... just this weekend. And also we made a video of, which should be going up very soon, hopefully. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, if I can sort myself out. Yeah. Or just give me the files and I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe let's see how that turns out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, we I we made a video of and I played a bunch of the alpha test of Satisfactory. They opened it up for an alpha weekend. For everyone. Well, for everyone who signed up for the alpha at any point. <laughs> mm. They've been letting in small amounts of alpha testers up to this point, and now it's now they just let in everyone who signed up for alpha, and then in about two weeks it'll actually co- go into early access on the Epic Store. So I guess they're kind of, I guess you'd say they're kind of done with engine testing, <laughs> if you to a point call it that angle. Mm. They've got a, they've got a fairly solid core. Yes, it seems to be functional, pretty mm. good for. Well, it it seems to be functional in a way that you'd expect of an early access title nowadays. Where yeah. it's just like it's not really early access; it's just like incomplete. Yeah. So yeah, you build factories and shit, and you connect with conveyor belts and the belts, and do that factory thing. Make stuff out of other stuff, and then make more complicated stuff by feeding that into more machines. Except not that much, of course, in the alpha because you don't get that far up in Tetris. You still manage to make some pretty big operations. Yeah, it does seem to be a matter of, like, the resource numbers aren't that high, I wouldn't say, but you it it just generally takes up a lot of space. Hmm. You need space to work with. Like, you can you can only cram those buildings together so close <laughs> because you need to account for, like, the space that the conveyor belts need to curve and, like, the splitters are quite large, and so you need to leave space for them and power lines need their own space. So you, even if you try and cram things in, like I did with my main factory building that turns up at the end of that video, it's like you can only cram things in so small. It's much easier to just... Well, it's kind of like doing it the way I was doing at the end of that factory where I was trying to put everything in a building and building very precise like conveyor staircases and stuff. Almost feels like that's the wrong way to play that game. It feels like you should just chuck shit everywhere and just like like join the belts up however because you could just raise and lower them to have them cross over and all that stuff mm. and because it's automatic the way the belts just connect point to point it allows you to do that so you can just slap something together yeah however you put it in zach's hands and he'll make something neat <laughs> yes yeah, so you have to make things neat precise <laughs> look at the numbers and work out how many of each building you can run off one resource line <laughs> neat but yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. I gotta I got say, I'm not into these factory games, but this looked okay. way more impressive than I was expecting. Oh, cool! <laughs> yes, it looked also looked not just yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, they've, as they've, well. they've done a decent visual job on it as well. Yeah, and um, even Kippers was infused. Yeah, Kippers, me and Kippers played some co-op, quite a lot of co-op. Although, you know. It's hard to tell with Kippers, I guess, how enthusiastic he actually is, or whether it's just something to stream. He did stream it as well a little bit. 
I mean, I, I, I don't, one of the more the cooler things was was the truck system. I, I do like the idea of the truck system. Yes, the truck system is kind of one of the coolest things you can get to in that in that alpha weekend, which will, will finish by this podcast goes up. <laughs> for alpha people uh yeah the truck system has you can build trucks and you can drive them around and you know they have a storage and that's a good way to explore i suppose but then you can also set up truck stops to load and unload them automatically but then and and stock terrible sandwiches yes (laughs) obviously but then the way you actually set the trucks to go between the stops is you basically just turn on a recorder and you drive the path yourself and then you, it records your actual, like, r- the route you took, and then you can just set the truck to do that. Which is pretty cool. Which means it can go over any terrain, and you don't have to worry about pathfinding and all that jazz. It's... Yeah, you don't have to, like, build a road even or anything. You can just, like, provided you can drive around all these rocks, well, to a certain extent, because the recording is, like, a lower resolution of your inputs anyway, so it's possible that you could record something that you could do and then the AI would then get stuck. But <laughs> but it's still really decent. You can make some quite fancy transport systems with that. Although, as we sort of touched on in the video, I really want to... You haven't experimented yet with how like running multiple trucks on the same route might work. And yeah, whether, it's, whether that would be possible. Or if they just crash into each other. Yeah, and, whether there is any kind of collision avoidance. Mm. I, yeah, I really want to see your experiments on that. Yeah, I might have to try that when I get home before the before the alpha ends. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, but we're on early access in a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like you have just, to buy it at that point, I guess. Well, get, yeah, there's know. that. <laughs> but also, I was like just had a ridiculous conflict about whether I want to get in on this. I was seriously considering just skipping the alpha because mm. I was just like, oh, this might be to spoil it. Well, that, but also like. If I'm going to take a weird stand against the Epic Store, and, <laughs> and then like I go into the Alpha Weekend and it advertises me for it, and then I definitely have to wait more than a year because of the exclusivity for it to maybe come to Steam. Mm. It's like, I don't want to advertise myself to this <laughs> too much. So I was sort of thinking about skipping the Alpha. And I was like, fuck it, I guess. Kips is playing <laughs> it also. That gives me another reason to go in there and... Also, it's free for a weekend. And also, it's yeah. free, yes. Not that, I mean, if I had got into the regular alpha, that obviously would have been the same thing. But yeah, then I'm like, so I was like, okay, I'll go into the alpha, but I'm, I'm not going to pre-order it yet. <laughs> like, not, not before it even comes into early access. I'm not going to pre-order it early access. And then, so I'm still undecided about getting in on that. But so partially, obviously, I have been advertised. <laughs> Mm. I went in there and saw it. I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely good. Or I can see where it's going. Or I think I can see where it's going. Or I can see where it might go, I suppose, because it might not even exist at that. There's quite yeah, there's a lot of poss- there's, there's a lot of possibilities that still like we don't know how where this is gonna go. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. But then I think the in reality the decision of whether I get into the early access or not will be based on will be based on Kappa. If she buys it, she's very enthusiastic about early access. She just basically doesn't care about early access games. She'll go in with whatever. Mm. So if she's enthusiastic enough to go to put up with the Epic Store and go in that way, then I'll probably just get dragged along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can see that. Because she missed out on the the alpha. Ah, right. She thought she signed up, but uh, apparently she didn't I think she she signed up to get the 
newsletter which would have announced the alpha, but I don't. I think she missed the survey, right? The, the, like the hardware and that kind of stuff. And that, and that, and that, that was and that was the key part, and that was the thing that actually triggered the alpha right. invites. Fair enough. So that 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 may in, may increase her enthusiasm to buy it. <laughs> yeah, 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 because there's a bit of FOMO going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see whether I get it on that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds, it, is, it is neat. It, like, and who'd have thought this have come from the <laughs> the goats of related people? Yeah, <laughs> yes, right. It's, it's 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 amazing that this thing exists and as good as it is yeah. from them. And it's like, okay, yeah, they made a ton of money off Goat Simulator, of course they did, but and they're up against it. It's so different and so more precise than any of that. It's, yeah, and you know, kudos for the performance. It, like your, yes, your... even on my ancient air system mm. turned down to medium settings, it still ran pretty good. Your big setup didn't really tax it. I mean, you can definitely tell that it is stressing my system. <laughs> like you can hear it. <laughs> oh, right. You can hear the fans going. It gets warm <laughs> in my room, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely does still run at a decent frame rate on medium. So you know. Oh yeah, but it's yet to get the full zag, I suppose. The full factorial. Well, yeah, that's the trick. Yeah. That's the trick with those kind of games, of course, is like it's fine to render a like a couple of smelters and a couple of conveyor belts, but what about when you've got hundreds and, mm. and it's all built up and you're looking directly at it and there's a hundred different items trundling around? The belts. That's the test. I mean you can clearly see that it has well, because it's Unreal Engine, I guess this just comes with the system, but you can see where like the draw distance thing where like uh, when things go a certain distance away, away the frame rate just goes down oh right does the <laughs> does that animation drop thing? yeah so it's, it's a really weird i mean I, it makes sense in some circumstances that frame rate drop thing but it's like it's i don't really like it like i don't know to me that like i i that's a form of lod i'm not that yeah i'm not that happy with it does look kind of weird. It's when, it's when they use it on. I think it's more egregious when they use it on like organic animation, like like people walking, yeah. for instance, and it, and it downgrades the frame rate of that. I think it looks really ugly. Like um, the, always like what Nintendo did in Odyssey, like the dudes in New Dog City when they're far away. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was quite noticeable there. But I mean, yeah. I guess it works. Like, I'm surprised it worked. Like, I'm surprised it saves as much power as it must do. Like for the people to still use that as an LOD strategy, mm. maybe animation's expensive. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Like, I don't even know what it what it is even doing. It's not like it's loading a different model, is it? I guess it might be. I mean, it might be doing that too. It's probably it's probably doing an LOD. <laughs> yeah, actual LOD. Yeah, but is that is that like that one model just tied to? Is it just like low poly and low frame rate model that it's loading? I assume, yeah. The two are probably tied together. Yeah, for for ease, probably. Yeah, and weirdly, for this alpha test, they apparently left in if well, I would call it the whole map, but it, it might not be complete because there definitely seem to be some relatively unfinished areas. But there's this huge map you could explore miles out away from where you can do anything useful. <laughs> it's like all, uh, the occasional resources that you could never possibly use because you don't have the tech and. And there's no none of the regular resources way out there, but there is stuff to you know different environments and weird little crash drop pods and the occasional animal. <laughs> Pet the lizard doggo. Get your carapace. 
I did eventually work out how to pet the lizard doggo. That's the important thing. Please tell me it's actually called a doggo. Yeah, that's what its name is, the lizard doggo. Yeah. It didn't seem to do anything. So you could, it has an in, a one-slot inventory that you could open up, and it's like you, the button prompt changes to be like, check if the lizard doggo has found anything, but it never did. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Satisfactory. Yep. So far, living up so to its, its name. name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game his name reviews itself. Yep. It's convenient. I mean, That's what if what... it becomes better than its name? Yeah. What if it gets too good? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that I mean, being that, a, re- a review a... for uh, that movie, the movie Super Bad. But that film was actually bad. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that would be the that would be the thing where if it does get too good for its name. That that's just the other that's the alternate angle for like review titles then, where it would just be like you have satisfactory and then the sub the, the review header will be like More exceptional or something. Yeah, <laughs> you just do that. If it is only satisfactory, it will probably just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> One word review. Yes. <laughs> Pros cons. <laughs> Nah, none of that needed. Yes. So that was mostly the two important things that I played. Cool. It's time for Rob then. Hi. What have <laughs> you been playing, man? I've been uh, sinking myself into some more God of War, of course. Boy. Um, boy. I, I mean, I'm not... Uh, a bit of a bitty couple of weeks, so I haven't played as much of it as I would liked, but... Uh, mm been um doing a, f- a well i want to talk about the valkyries uh oh god yeah i mean Sorry? they're, in- they're obviously they're insanely hardcore compared to everything you're doing in the main game right kind of but they're if you come across them and they're presented like normal val normal boss fights right so they're kind not of, like yeah unlike some of the others so i'm i'm in sort of permanently irritated by finding purple guys because it seems to be all I'm doing at the minute. The right. game actively I mean, goes out of its way to encourage you to explore, and all I'm does. doing is finding purple dudes, and it's like, ah! Like, I did a couple of times, like, kill the purple dudes, and then later on in the game realized that that was stupid, and I, <laughs> I should yeah. probably have waited, because, I mean, that was dumb. Because I ended exactly. up jipping it, you, right? <laughs> yeah, you, well, you come across a couple of them that are just like, oh, this guy's going to literally murder me in a single touch. I mean, like, I remember and, and, and there were three of them <laughs> uh, earlier on. There were the ice guys or whatever, and I didn't have the weaponry for the ice guys uh, because the mm. um, the axe doesn't work on them. So I just fought them for ages w- without the axe. You know, beat right, them up, yeah. <laughs> and it took forever, and I did it. Um, and then the same I mean, there's, a, there's the, a, yeah, there's definitely a couple of cases where I felt close to being able to pull that off. Like, like yeah, it's possible. Uh, what, what, what what annoys me the most is that they introduced the um, the dwarfen favors fairly early, yeah. Um, but those favors, like the uh, I forget which one it is, like Fafnir's storeroom, I think, like the second right, yeah. room of that. The first room was hard but durable, and the second room is like purple's way above what I got. It's like, oh, great, oh, really? you just told me to go do this thing that I can't do, and I still can't do as it turns out. Quite a uh, long time later, I go back to it, and the guys are still purple, and it's like, oh, weird. wow, what you. This seems like badly timed. Like you asked me to do these things like way too early. Hmm. Um, 
Uh, and I'm coming across quite a lot of that. Like I don't think the I don't think the game should encourage you to explore as early as it does because I'm at it's just it doesn't seem balanced for that. Right. Um yeah. which which is a bit of a shame because it's like I like I I kind of I'm I do want to go exploring. There's like you I'm, found I'm, any I'm, like dragons. Or... I found one. Yeah. I found I found Fafnir himself. Cuz they're actually possible like yeah, but, hard. Yeah. But but yeah, it was hard, and I I didn't really like that bit, and right, uh, and this will play into my my sort of Valkyrie storyline a little bit here, in that I think when you end up with combat scenarios as big as Fafnir or as big as the Valkyries, it highlights all of the great and all of the worst elements of that combat system all at once, right. Uh, so like i don't know I, those those one of those valkyrie fight the first one i found i thought was 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 challenging but learnable at least there were there were right. there was a pattern to it there was a there was a way of beating her that you could figure out and most of the time it was me just getting the timing a bit wrong it was it felt different to most of the other fights which is what mm. I, which really frustrated me a little bit in that I don't know. That like normally when you see the red mark, right? That's like this is a get out of the way attack, but doesn't usually doesn't matter too much about which direction you go. Right? Yeah, you just have but to this dodge, right? pa- this particular Valkyrie fight, that dodge was super specific about the direction you went because she'd oh, attack with one of her wings. Uh, it would have been her right arm, um, and if you dodged to the left, kind of going sort of like to the outside of her right arm, you'd still get hit in its range. Oh, but see. if you dodged. But if you dodged left, so you were going to her hand that you know in the direction of her hand that wasn't attacking, you'd yeah, be absolutely side. fine and have loads of room um, to work with for a counter. And it's like, okay, this is the first time you've sort of introduced to me that directional dodging is important, mm. um, and I've not seen that anywhere else in the game before. So it's like that's no. a bit annoying, um, and it also highlighted the fact that you know some of the timings on those flashes do vary between enemies. It's like just because the flash appears at a certain point doesn't mean this is the moment you should parry or this is the moment you should dodge. It's like, they're just a warning. It's like, they actually mean nothing about when you the should timing. do the action, which again, didn't feel, I don't think I'd come across that being too different before. Like, I don't know, I guess the minions just always like, I'm about to do a thing. Now I'm doing the thing with kind of roughly the same timing, which hasn't been true of the Valkyrie fights. Right. Um, things have changed a bit. Uh, or at least that's how it feels, and it's so you know the first one was was kind of fine. It was difficult, but I got there in the end pretty quickly, pretty satisfying. The second one, oh good god! Right, I think it's Kana was was the name of it, or Kara. I'm not sure. One of the two, and uh, so she likes to. She's a she has a lot of ranged attacks, like fires feathers that hurt that was a sort of a quick ranged attack she has two flying magic ranged attacks one of which seems to cause a swarm of yellow things that are blockable but only blockable so you have to have your shield shield. out and there's loads of them that goes bang 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 and will do tons of damage if you're not shielding at any point during that attack and an unblockable ranged like circle of doom thing that she throws at you that is really fast um, and you have to dodge almost immediately as after seeing the red flash, otherwise it's going to do half your damage, like half your health in an instant. And it's like, okay, fine. On its own, none of that is particularly troublesome. I was, I was stroke, uh, but 
she also summons like an increasingly difficult army of Draugr. Oh, great. So you've got this this swarm of stuff attacking you whilst you're trying to pay attention to these hyper-damaging attacks going on that get uh, and the swarm gets increasingly larger and annoying, like so they'll start throwing in like shielded enemies, which obviously put you in a bit of stun lock if you accidentally hit. Hmm. Meaning you then can't defend against some of the nastier stuff coming your way. And then they'll throw also in like the Draugr with it throw fire at you from afar. So the, the the whole fight becomes a bit of a cluster far too quick. Like yeah. just like okay, there's way too much going on. Um, and so you end up not being able to see the cues you need to do the job at hand to the point where I actually think the cues break occasionally. So like the, 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 her two attacks that she has when she goes up in the sky and does her ranged things, the magic one that's like a swarm of yellow bees um, doesn't actually have a flash because it's not parryable. So uh, that's fine. It's like if, if there's no flash, it's like get your shield out and hold for a while if there's the red flash you need to dodge now i don't think that red flash happens all the time when the screen is starting to become filled with stuff or maybe it gets obscured by all the stuff either way it becomes like oh well that was the super powerful ranged attack i didn't see the flash and i just stood there with my shield out and took it like a chump which is like super frustrating like crazy frustrating. It's like I had no way of knowing that was coming. Um, also, I kind of wish there was like a friendly fire damage system because if there's a swarm of them all just in front of you and the Valkyries in front of you doing its wide wing attack as well, they can just sort of swing through her and still hit you, which is annoying because they don't get hit by her big attacks or they don't get knocked out of the way by her big attacks. And that feels unfair as well. Um, Cause you can't see it coming because they're sort of behind her or behind other enemies. And it's, so that's annoying. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of these sort of like little things started compounding upon themselves in that one fight. Um, and there are things that I'm I was clearly not skilled enough to deal with, basically. Right. Like just like yeah. I've not had much experience with massive crowd control. I mean the fact you know, you they're, they're fire based enemies, so I've got the blades of chaos, but like the blades of chaos aren't particularly effective against fire people. <laughs> so No, they're not uh, they're for you know, the ice people, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and the attacks are take a while to actually execute, so if I needed to react in a hurry, that's not a great weapon for that. No. And it's uh, so you know, the whole thing kind of compounded in this kind of mess of stuff. However, when you're in a flow and it is all sort of going your way and it's like, okay, I haven't had to use my rage yet. I haven't been hurt too much. Uh, I'm managing to shepherd everyone into a funnel at the moment that is kind of okay, but I might be at risk from the friendly fire, like, you know, for them swinging through each other. But that might be all right if I'm using my ranged axe at times and things like that. There is a, there is a way of dealing with it. There's always a way, yeah. And it may have taken me two hours of bashing my head against it, but I did eventually start to get it and start make progress. I mean, you are, but none of it felt like, yeah, it didn't feel like I was solving the puzzle particularly. It's more like the the the, your dexterity or whatever of 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 learning the rhythms of it, right? Rather than the puzzle. Not even that. It's just like I'm learning how to deal with the nonsense of some of those systems. Like I'm learning how to not be screwed over by the stuff that I don't think should be there. Like, you know, the swinging through other characters and the, 
awkward right. stun locking at times that stop you from blocking and it's uh you know not, the stuff that doesn't feel particularly fair to you it's like well i couldn't see that how could i have possibly dealt with that kind of stuff um but you end up figuring out ways of cheesing it effectively it's like oh i've got the I've maxed out my wolf summon power, which basically stun locks everything around me for a while. Awesome. <laughs> so it's like, so this looks like a bad situation. I'll just break out the wolves uh, and run away for a bit. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. I'm not yeah, really. Yeah, that kind of works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or I'll use the rage just to thin the crowd a little bit rather than go for the butt, go for the boss, uh, stuff like that. And it's like, but, I don't know. Without the crowd, or without so much of a crowd, I think that fight would have been a lot better, and you still could have made it difficult. Yeah, it's like, I mean, all the Valkyries are like optional uh, late-game things, aren't they? Or They're not late-game. You can get to them any time, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think they're, but... as far as I can tell, I think they're balanced for whatever you're at at that moment. Are they? Like, oh, okay, I, right, fine. You know, it was, it was a long fight, but it didn't feel unjustly long they didn't feel any longer right. than any of the other bosses i've done if you know what I mean. but i guess by the time you finished the main game you've built up skills that you can then use on the basically the things you're describing that then you can yeah. then use on the valkyries yeah uh, yeah maybe but as i said like uh, uh, i it, it it could have done with some like oh like the, the enemies could like attack with a certain cadence like you know so they can't throw like three attacks one after the other right. so one of them stu- one of them stuns you because you were trying to shield it and then the other two just land their hits just because you're straight stunned in. yeah yeah and I, I wish the runic attacks had either either had a not you could be knocked out of them or that you couldn't be damaged while using them one of the two. Because right. if I if I like if I fire off a whirlwind runic, for instance, and spin around for a while, if someone tries to attack me whilst I'm doing that, it doesn't look like I've been hurt because I'm just doing that attack and I'm just spinning Animation, and everything's right? yeah. fine. But yeah, you do. You take the same amount of damage as you would as if that just hit you straight on whilst you're in the middle of that attack animation and there's no indication that that's happening. It took me a little while. I thought I, that was a get out of jail of like approach right for a while. right so you were like and invulnerable only, while you were doing it yeah i thought it's like yeah this is fine because i'm not getting knocked out of it and then during that boss fight it became apparent that it's like oh no i'm really not fine if i do this i've lost half my health and i don't know why mm. <laughs> you know kind of thing um so i i it's kind of a bummer because boy did it feel good to beat that thing like it really did like the moment i came away from it, it was just like yeah, man, I'm a badass. I got that done. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I don't really get that with boss fights all that often. It's like I don't know. I came away from that thing like, yeah, man, I'm 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 the daddy right now. But in the same breath, it's like, yeah, but those systems though, like God of War two or whatever you want to call it, is probably going to kick some serious ass if they clean this up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of a like, just don't do big crowds. I don't think it's suited to it. Yeah, crowd control does get pretty tricky. Like, um, I think the Blades of Chaos do help with certain kind of enemies, but not the kind you were facing there. Yeah. And that was probably, you know, it's entirely intentional. They were to make it tricky, but it just, yeah, yeah it, was, it was tricky in a sort of unfair way. Which, so that, that kind of drew me out. And I had that same problem with the with the Fafnir fight a little bit, where there's just too many enemies from too many different angles that it was just actually mm. kind of too difficult to deal with. And then you'd get set on fire by the by the dragon. And then for some reason lightning would come from the sky 
whilst you're being flamed and whilst there's a poison revenant yeah, firing revenant things at you. Thing. When when it when it all compounds, I mm. think it falls apart. Like I don't think I don't think the systems necessarily always work together. My tactic in those things was the power of running away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, find, find a hole a and wait for them to come to you. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of sprinting, running towards them, attacking, and then running away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I like I'm, to I'm, upgrade the like sprint to attack, like to strong attack stuff. So right. I can I can sprint right up to someone and smash them in the face and then run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think I need to find a better strategy for some of that, for sure. Um, yeah, and I've been through Helheim. That was a cool sequence, and mm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, some cool, of the right? some some of the story stuff that's now coming out is pretty neat. And the weird childish nature of the Sons of Odin is kind of fun in a stupid yeah. way. Yeah, it's, it's cool. like I don't know. I'm really digging the, the like story presentation. The lore stuff like, is really still, good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all really like Mim is awesome. Like, yep. just remains awesome. Yep. Some of the stuff Brock says in particular is just like surprisingly cool <laughs> at times. Yeah, you're just like, oh, why did you? Oh no, that came out of nowhere. All right, but that's funny. <laughs> it's I don't, yeah, the presentation and the storytelling. I'm 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 still in really into. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's just when the combat's just that little overwhelming still, and maybe so have you maybe been you're to right. the bit where the boy gets early. like really irritating <laughs> for a while, and he gets really uh, ang- angsty for a while. I think I know what you're referring to, but I think I'm on the like I've had hints of it, but I don't think it's oh, fully right, okay. kicked in. He gets yeah. pretty angsty, yeah. <laughs> well, he's okay. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Apart I guess I said guess can't really talk chaos, about it. So that's fine. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's. It's been a while I'm, since that game came out. There's a lot of hints that there's going to be more than just the axe. I mean, thing. it's pretty like, obvious, yeah. isn't it? If you yeah. know God of War, that it's, they can't do it completely without those. Yeah, it's, Although it's they're heavily, clearly hinted. It, it's uh, the introduction of the Blades of Chaos is awesome. However, oh yeah, they're, they're not well nearly done. as cool. <laughs> the axe is clearly better. Yeah, yeah, the axe, is, yeah. the axe is a whole lot of fun to use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, pl- plug- plugging away at that. Um, uh, I've just been picking up a lot of other things. Like, I went back to Grip uh, <laughs> yes, for a bit because um, they've made a few updates to it. And it's, uh, I think it it's a marginally better feeling game than it was the last time I played it. <laughs> um, but only marginally. It still has, uh, I think some of its track design is still far too busy. Um, and I am, I have seen a couple of tracks that I never saw before. And like, I may have just reached them in the campaign or whatever, but they, uh, there are, they, 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 that, that game is better when it's not trying to do too much at once. It has the God of War problem a little bit. It's like when it, when it's, when it actually pairs it down a bit to it. So it's a bit more like the, so the track design is actually a bit more F zero in a strange way. It, it actually plays better. It feels better. It feels like more of a precision racer rather than a game that's trying to screw you over constantly. Right. Um, uh there's a it's there's something about like it's 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 very physics driven and some of that uh doesn't always make for the most fun experience if you know what i mean like the physics are often too realistic at times like, like the way the cars like start to i don't know you can fishtail a little bit too 
<laughs> realistically and when you're just trying to get control of your car it's like no come on come on and it's like it's doing like for an arcade racer it's doing a little bit too much of the realism in the sliding yeah and or like when you get hit by a missile for instance it's like physics just takes over and you're like you're actually being flown through the air properly like you're not just being it's not going, just an animation yeah it's, it's not a canned mario kart animation or any of that stuff it's like momentum has been thrown on you and it's like when you land you're probably facing the wrong direction and at a complete stop and you've got to accelerate realistically to get back up to top speed so generally if you're getting hit by a rocket like get used to seeing last place turn up it's because it's it's going to be that bad of an impact generally it's a it's it's a weird thing. It remains a weird thing. But when it if you it feels good when you have a good race, like classically, like you know, if you if you manage to tame the awkward control, it does fit. That is that is pretty satisfying. It's a bit like Vanishing Point on the Dreamcast, <laughs> right? Its control was weird and swingy and had a lot of body roll, and so you was quite easy to put those cars into a slide. But taming it felt real good. Uh, and it's it's hmm. and, and it's that to 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 a bit of that feeling is is there. So I don't know. I might might plug away at it still every now and then. Um, I've got a weird award up on their Steam page. It's like second best indie game from something. It's like okay, it's a somewhat strange award to give out. Yeah, but that's what that Steam award section always is on every game. I don't think it was like, like here's a... any old award we can possibly find. Yeah, here's, here's, some, in there. here's something we got from somewhere. <laughs> uh, so there was that. What else have I been playing? I'm sort of still, oh, still plugging away at Smash, but not a huge amount to add there, I suppose. God damn. Um, making progress. From, I haven't been, still haven't finished World of Light, but no. it's, it's just, yeah, there's just so much to it. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose we I played a tiny bit more into the breach, um, only to lose at the last boss. Yeah, get frustratingly just because of an enemy I didn't it, like. Well, I think it put me into a couple of like impossible situations where I just couldn't avoid grid damage, and classically I didn't have enough grid damage to survive both of those occasions. <laughs> um, uh, and like. In one of the phases, so I kind of sacrificed a bit of grid for a bit of mech damage, which, as it turned out, was the wrong decision for the later phases. But how was I to know that? No, not on the first story. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> particularly in, I guess, the second half of that boss battle, there's, like, the events that happen where it's, like, each subsequent turn, a new thing happens. And once you sort of know that, you're like, okay, you need to prepare for this. Like this is the turn that the tentacle science falls. This is the turn that the ceiling falls in. This is the turn <laughs> that the big trench opens up. Yeah. So once you once you've been through that at least once, you're sort of slightly more prepared for uh, yeah, how things yeah, are going to flow through that last battle. I think because well, it was the first time I'd actually reached it. Like yeah, there was a little bit of too much of the unknown. Yeah. Going on, and I and I suffered for it, um, which felt. It did fail. I know that's what the game is about. I know it's the exact same feeling I got from FTL. <laughs> but boy, it takes that, that that run was a long run, right? I did all of the island, I, islands. Islands. <laughs> I did all of the islands and did pretty well on all of the islands. And not a perfect run by any means, yeah. but but was was doing pretty good. And then get to that and have it all shattered and have like a a multi hour run come to an end. And have nothing to show for it. Yes, but that's what it's you just, always say about those games. I know, but it really it doesn't sit with me very well. I kind of hate it. It's not nearly like, as bad as Into the Breach because you because it. 
Uh, no, it's, it's bad for so, me because of how long I like. I am a really slow player of this. It takes me eight. I like. I well, pass out. It the is turns. a lot of ta- tactical thinking. Yeah, like, you do take time. I could. I'll, I'll easily spend twenty minute a turn on like towards the last couple of islands. But it like, is like partitioned. It's not like in the FDL where you have a run and it's a run, and then you feel bad for losing two hours because that two hours was the previous two hours that you just lived through. Whereas into the breach yeah. is like you can do one mission and then yeah. away for a while and, that, and come that, back. And that has been how I've been playing it. I've been like doing a little bit, like oh, I've got like I've got quarter of an hour before I've got to leave the house to go pick up Gnome for something. I can get a turn in. Yeah, <laughs> you know that kind of thinking. Uh, and so, so I've been plugging away at it that way, and it's like it is. I do appreciate it is really good. I don't think it's like I, I get like the same heck yeah vibes that I get from finishing a hard fight that I do from God of War, for instance, out of it. <laughs> well, nice. um, I don't get that adrenaline rush out of it, but it's uh, um, towards the end of that campaign when I'm like powered up and I'm able to deal with enemies that are way stronger than you and you're just sort of out strategizing you're you're doing cool things not like you're not just big damage numbers you're (laughs) tactical it it is fairly satisfying to come out of a fight where you're at the start of it it's like oh this has gone real bad and then somehow you come out unscathed and it's like well all right i don't turn that around yeah that was you load into a mission and you're like the first wave of enemy swarms you're like man there's no way i'm going to avoid damage this is going to be terrible this i'm just going to have to grind through and then you like pull some ridiculous maneuvers off and you're like oh this all turned out perfectly well (laughs) (laughs) i think it's uh, yeah so i i I have that thing that i do with a lot of turn-based games where you, you you come up with a plan and then the, the moment you fire the first shot, it goes, something doesn't quite work out the way you planned. And you're like, oh no, oh, what have I done? Yeah, you do have to like, that's why, why that game is like, that's the kind of game that you can't stream because you spend like 20 minutes on the same screen. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't even like, well, at least you can undo the movements and that kind of thing. So you do have some ways to like, move things around to see what might happen but you still have to do a lot of it just in your head where you're yeah. like this and is going to do this and this and then i'll need to move, do this in this order it's highly easy to mispredict the move as well or just forget one tiny detail that then screws the entire plan up like i don't know like a conveyor belt like you'll forget the conveyor belts move at a certain time yeah because you, uh, you, be like, you have to no! pay, you definitely have to pay attention to like the turn order thing yeah like that little pop-up is like so critical yeah when you're doing really advanced strategies you have to know exactly what order because sometimes like, like i needed sometimes that enemy the in the way happens first and sometimes the extra and sometimes the explosion happens last yeah i needed that i needed that enemy precisely in the way but he's no longer in the way and so i'm getting hit or something it's like damn it <laughs> yeah yeah, little little things like that. It's it, it's a game about the little things, and it does that very very well. Um, it just doesn't mean it has to feel great for me half the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be something that's probably permanently installed on in my system that I just tap into every now and then. Yes, yeah. What like? I think it's fairly clear just from your first run through, even that like. It's not as hard as FDL, right? Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> that no. that last boss does seem manageable. It's, I'm, yeah, like it. I think I've already put more time into this than I did on my own playing FTL. Just with, I that, mean, the FTL, the last boss, you kind of have to know what it does before you play it. Which well, is, yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to spec kind of to it and it's... into the breach, kind of. Sort of. You don't have to spec so much in Into the Breach, but you once you know what's going to happen, you have a better time of the last fight for sure. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, because it, it, it throws you a few lifelines, even if it doesn't explicitly say. It's like you get repaired, don't you, going into the various phases yeah. and things like that, even if it's not explicitly part of, this, part of it. It's... You get a second bomb, that's a bit cheap. Well, I don't even. Yeah, yeah, uh, you wouldn't I, know I, that. I haven't even got to that. I don't think. <laughs> if the if the bomb that you were trying to te- protect gets deployed, there's a second one, and they don't tell you that. And it's ah. like that's a bit cheap because that seems like a failure state, right? So you could actually let, like strategically let it go. Yeah, you could strategically let an enemy just kill the first one. Ah, interesting. That's a cool thing. Yes. I, yeah, I'm just struggling to think what else is really. I'm sure there's something, but I just can't think of it right now that I've been doing. Uh, Plays a bit more amplitude. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just don't stop there, I guess. Oh, and we and we played a good few hours of Doctor Drago's Madcap Chase. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with Chippers again. Yeah, Chippers wanted to play Drago, and so we got into Drago. And did you? Of course, you did you tape it? <laughs> No, 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 no. no. We, we, we were just playing it for funsies this time. Okay. And of course, as usual with Drago, you're never going to finish that game. <laughs> no. Well, we've got like 10% of the way through our game. <laughs> wow. We'll, we'll return to it. For no, we won't. Well, maybe we won't. We might do, yeah. But we're never going to finish it. Finish it. Maybe because you said there were 100 returns. <laughs> well, I we wanted to send it big enough so we actually end up with West Europe open. East Europe. East Europe. That way around. Which the game for some reason locks off forever. <laughs> it's the Cold War. That's why. <laughs> what you been playing, Dan? Uh, still playing Spider-Man. Um, carrying on with that. Um, did the bit with Grand Central Terminal. That was kind of cool. Oh, okay. Uh, or or was... GCT, as they kept calling it for some reason. GCT. I guess that's like New York's... When New Yorkers talk about Grand Central. Maybe. Yeah, I, did, I don't know. I didn't... It was... One of the better stealth sections, I yeah. guess, but right. yeah, but still not a, a highlight particularly from it. You know, when the game does that mode, that's not yeah. Really it's like, me. oh no, I have to do this bit. But at least yeah. it had the kind of Spider-Man, you know, coming down and grabbing people bit mechanic. There were there were cool. bits of it, yeah, and it it's wasn't okay. one of the harder one of those either. No, it wasn't too hard. And then the kind of fight with the Mister Negative at the end on is kind of cool. I liked the mm. stupid reference to spider-man with the subway car that was kind of good <laughs> yes yeah yeah that, that's yeah. awesome uh yeah so still still good really good game enjoying it um and then i did what i said i was going to do and i played some civilization oh cool <clears throat> including but uh, what i hadn't realized when i went to play it was like i was like oh okay well i can get the um i can get the uh expansion and then I'll, it will be a new, you know, I'll have new features and stuff. That'll be cool. Mm. I don't mind paying for an expansion. That's fine. Then I realized that, like, I had to buy two expansions. And it's like, it costs more than a, a freaking game to buy. To, if you want right. civilization and you want it all the way up to date, it's like, and you're starting from scratch. It's like a hundred quid or something. Oh, wow. I, so I they think, haven't, like, put out a bundle yet. No, there is no bundle. I think there's a bundle with maybe with the old with the pr- last year's expansion maybe on Steam, but there's no bundle. And anyway, I already had the game, so I needed to buy both. Like a, I think you want a season can, pass. Yeah, well, I don't know if I want that, but I <laughs> because there's other DLC as well. Like, you can get random, you can buy random, random civs, yeah. Civs, yeah. Um, uh, ooh, they're, they're, they're split 
sort of more piecemeal, are they? Like, well, uh, yeah, that was like extra DLC. Um, but the, each expansion comes with a bunch of new sieves as well. There's tons of sieves now, um, if you got them all. Um, but uh, so I got Rise and Fall and the new one. What's it called? Storm, something storm. Storm, gathering storm, you know, something. Heroes yeah. of the storm. Heroes of the storm. Yeah. <laughs> so wasn't expecting it to to be, but I thought I'll blow it. I'll just get a, just get the full full thing. But still, if you're starting from scratch, that's kind of a pain to get all the mechanics. Yeah. Um, you have to you wait have for to, a steam you have sale. Waited an extra long time for the prices to come down. Yeah, yeah you have to wait like for what ages. City Skylines did with its expansions, where like. When the new expansion comes out, the previous expansion starts going on a slight on sale, slight and then the sale. further into the past that expansion becomes, the more the sales go up. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like thirty-five quid for the new expansion and twenty-five quid for the old for last year's expansion or something like that. That's a, that's a lot. Isn't it? I know, it's very expensive for expense. Yeah, yeah, it's expensive, but they do put a lot of effort into them and they review very well. I think I think it does mass improve the base game a lot, and it is a massively massively complex game. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of a lot of features going on, and the expansions it's, do it's, add features. It does sound like they've mixed it up. This it's not just like another the normal sieve routine, I suppose. No. Like where the expansions are kind of what you expected to be there in the first place. They're sort of no, because the original game enough, had quite a few mechanics. Like the original game had like espionage and religion and all things that used to yeah. be expansions, right? The things so that the, got added to five. Yeah. You know? So the base game had that stuff, and now there's a bunch of other stuff. Like obviously, this new one has the climate change mechanic, which hasn't in in my game yet but it's got like natural disasters and stuff which are kind of cool because they they're like double-edged because like so flooding will damage your stuff on the river banks but it will also increase fertility of the so you'll get more food oh, okay. the next time around stuff like that yeah that's, so you can, that when they happen they're not so much of a killer no, say. it's not quite as bad as SimCity where it's like, oh shit. But you yeah. do have like, and it does warn you, like it, like build stuff by, right by a volcano, there might be a problem. However, volcanic soil is like really fertile, so you get loads of food or whatever. It's not always mm. fertility, but that, it, it, that that is one of the things. Soil just, fertility. This just yeah. might go bad at some point, just yeah. so you know. I mean, it probably will over the span of an entire game of Civ, right? <laughs> yes, it's uh, like it's safe to assume that a volcano is probably going to erupt at some point. At some point, yeah. Um, I wonder if you get more scientific, you can get like forecasts when that's going to happen, right? Because you get better. Yeah, that'd be they, cool. they put that in, like to be like, oh, we've, we've learned seismology. So we well, I don't know yet. I haven't got that far. I'm I'm in the kind of where am I? That sounds like a Civ thing to do. Well, probably around Renaissance time in my game because I usually go for not epic length, but like. Not marathon length, but maybe no. the one I would go for decent length games. I, I think I like because the, otherwise everything I like, is I like too the, quick. I like the good medium. I like the normal yeah. setting for Civ. Like like straight in the middle seems seems ideal. Yeah. Well, I often find that I play through hundreds and hundreds of years, and I only have two dude, two military dudes, <laughs> you yeah, know? Uh, yeah. which is a bit ridiculous. I still think that even at this point, like I think I've said it before, but I think I would like it if cities had a, a separate unit queue and building queue. So that, yep. uh, yeah, I thought that would be cool. But anyway, it's got a lot of another cool stuff. So probably the best thing is they've replaced the whole um, um, <coughs> the system that figured out um, 
your reputation on warmongering has been replaced by like a grievance points system, which is way better. Because previously it was like mm. if you if you were attacked and then you fought back and then you uh, took over some en- uh, um, enemy cities, then other civilizations would just consider you a warmonger like almost forever, which is really yeah. annoying and stupid. Um, so now you get like grievance points if you get attacked, which you can then kind of spend on retaliating. or And you even get them if they attack your allies and stuff like that. Um, so you could even, if, if, if you, if your enemies, you know, you've got peace with your enemy for now, and then they attack your ally, you can come to your allies aid and then spend your grievance points, which is quite good. Um, that's a start spend anyway. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so you build up grievances, which is kind of cool. I think the AI is definitely improved, but I don't know whether that just gets patched into the base game or that comes with the expansions. But certainly <laughs> the new mechanics come with the expansions. Mm. Um, yeah. And it has the, the previous expansion, Rise and Fall, has this kind of ages system where you like if you get enough like cool points <laughs> in your age, you, the next age becomes like a golden age. Or you can so go into a dark had, age. Yeah, right. They, had so they, some made, of that. they made it a bit more of a system rather than the golden age just being like something that you accumulated. Yeah, it's a system. Did, was it you yeah. earned them through culture? Was it in five culture points? Yeah, right. Some kind of running total of culture points where you, when you hit the number, you just get a golden age for a couple of turns, and then the total that you need for the next one just goes up. Yeah. Right, so this is definitely a different mechanic completely because the points for this seem to be based on kind of milestones, like which seem to be various things. Like at the start, it can be like defeating defeating a barbarian barbarian village uh, near your capital or something like that, or it can be building a wonder or something like that, or it can be getting right. researching a certain civic or you know stuff like that. So certain events across a broad range of different possible things can give you points towards uh, the gold the golden age or avoiding the dark age mm. so that's points. cool i'm playing as canada playing canada <laughs> yeah playing canada yeah so yeah it's how are those good. um what was it was it the norwegians or the swedes that were always just total assholes in Civ Five, well, there's always some total asshole civilizations i mean they were ah. the worst though because they were the ones that would like lure you in they were they were like the the prime asshole because they weren't just like straight up like we're we're bad like the Japanese or whatever and <laughs> we're always angry or Genghis Khan's like always angry or whatever it's like we're gonna, we're gonna beat you up no these these guys though like we're your best friends we love you now we're going to murder you <laughs> I mean the one in Civ Six is um, I think the Sumerians they just have an early game military unit that is really cheap to build and there's no counter. <laughs> So they just they just always invade immediately, and mm. that's very annoying if you spawn next to them. Uh, you know, obviously it's fine later on, but it makes the early game really annoying. Mm. That always um, seemed like in five that was what Greece was meant to be because they had their hoplites or whatever their early right. game military unit. Yeah, the Japanese from, samurai in the uh, yeah. Middle Ages as well. But then, yeah. like in Greece's case, for some reason, they just sucked. Right. Like, almost every game I ever saw with Greece, they'd immediately declare war on whoever and then get eliminated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's not that's not really in the character of actual classical Greece, is it? Who, <laughs> who no. were extra good at philosophy and stuff like that? Who would be? I good mean, at... that's because their leader was in Civ Five was Alexander the Great, so it was all about conquering stuff. Mm. It was his profile. I think in Civ Six, the Greeks have some 
preoccupation with city states um which kind of makes sense also there's still i mean i think this was true in the base game there's too many city states i think i think you probably dial it but by default there's a lot of city states in my my Mm. opinion and and it's like i don't know they get in the way a bit i think they're a bit annoying i think they're a cool idea and they're kind of cool but are they slightly less annoying to deal with yeah they were so needy in five they're no they're pretty straightforward you just have to like assign like envoys to them and you can influence them through envoys and also sort of proximity and stuff and you can become soizarian or whatever over them quite relatively easily if they're close by you so you don't have to worry about them too much and you and you if you trade with them it gives you quite a lot of um a boost to your economy which is good and also they give you like little missions yeah Um, you had to to, like effectively outbid the other players and it's like whoever gave us the most stuff we we allied with you yeah and the other thing that sucked about them in five was like because of the old style diplomacy that it was just like you could never really attack a city state because that just gave you such a bad representation yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i think that might still be true which is annoying because they get in the way right they take up space and you can't get their resources unless you would i mean you can influence them completely so that they you can even like conscript their armies if you have enough influence over them right so you can take over their armies and control them for if you need them for a war or something like that which is quite good but you can't really get rid of them and there's just Mm. a lot and there's just a lot of them and it kind of complicates things when you're trying to deal with the you just want to take them over and yeah i kind of want that space and (laughs) i want those cities to join my empire and it's funny because the normal civs um cities now you can actually influence them and eventually take them over just through soft power uh, proximity, oh, kind okay. of like settlers style. Yeah, it, it all yeah. had that with the culture and or religion, religious strategy. Yeah, yeah, but you had to. Yeah, but I think there's you can. It's now much more prominent. Anyway, you can see if you on a, there's a, one of those views, or if you select a city, you can see where its influence is coming from from certain tiles and is pointing towards, and you can see the kind of kind of battle over it, and they kind of they can become independent cities and then get taken over by their neighbor, depending on the influence. So the thing I always kind of wanted in the Civ games that I never felt was particularly well realized in them is that, okay, so like the, 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 the key to success has kind of always been go down one main route, right? Focus. Well, get, theoretically, go, go, yeah. Yeah. Get, get super focused on a single route. But if but, you focus on like, I don't know, if you focus on culture and then you get invaded, then you're in trouble, right? Yeah, I mean, this has always been the problem. Like, like you go, like even if you're spreading out a little bit, like, okay, I'm primarily normally the strategy, right, is primarily science because <laughs> it's, it's the thing the about the science route. victory is but like that. I never that is a bit weird. Is that like really it's production victory, right? Because to build the yeah, freaking yeah, yeah. spaceship, you need a whole bunch of cities, and yeah, it takes ages. Yeah, it, it, it is production focused, but yeah, you you. you Go down that road, but then the, the, there comes a point sometimes in the in the Uber Lake game, if that's the direction you're going, like say where Candy would always suddenly be like, "Oh yeah. yeah, by the way, I'm doing this too," and you'd be like, "Oh no," and I'm behind. Now what do I do? Right, and it becomes almost impossible to adapt. Right, um, well, I mean, you can see from the start where you are on um, for each victory in Civ Six. There's a tracker that you can open at any time, and you can see what what ranking you are for each victory type at any time hmm. that's interesting good. and okay. it gives you like it shows it you like unmet civilization if you've never come into contact with them hmm. stuff like that 
did still kind of exist in five, although I don't think some of those trackers are all that useful. Like the one for the science victory, it didn't really track anything up until like you landed on the moon or whatever the space race. Oh, really? <laughs> it didn't, didn't really give you much indication up until you hit that point. In this one, in, in Civ 6, even on the tech tree, which scrolls left to right, um, you can see your position on the bottom relative to other players as well, like on a scroll mm. bar, which is quite good. Interesting. Uh, before, you could only really estimate that by like your score. It was basically the one graph right. that you had to try and right, yeah. guess how well you were doing. Compared no, to it's everyone. quite fine-grained in this one. You, yeah, But this was in the base game of Civ 6. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because I always like was a, like you'd put like a it'd be like fifty hours into an epic match or something only at the last second to be to be told oh by the way that thing you were going for you're losing now. I mean, in like, Civ Six, I have... you had no way of knowing up until that point where it's just like oh okay right great. I mean, it was my own ignorance, but I to- I totally got defeated by religion without looking because <laughs> I was right. just ignoring all the missionaries going everywhere and I just kind of forgot that I could lose that way and then yeah. I was like, I don't care about religion. I'm working towards my science victory. And then it was like, game over. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, that's, 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 that's stuff. That, yeah, it's easily done, but it's kind of, kind of, the, well, it's like if you're focused on the one thing and someone is focused on the other thing, it's like, what is the counter to those things? Like, I never really wrapped my head around those particularly. Yeah. In, in like, if you, if you are getting like religiously overrun in that or culturally overrun in, in some way. It's just like how do I one how do you how do you notice and two now what do I do to to actually cut cut back? I guess on that? you can fight back or you can kind of race them to a different victory. I suppose I, I don't really know what the what yeah it's 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 super hard and I never I mean that's that's clearly part of the game but it's like yeah. it's just yeah never 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 really figured it out yeah well be either to be honest I mean I'm playing with a small doing a small civilization this time where I've just got like you know, six or seven cities and I'm just building them up and see how I go rather than being aggressive. Mm. So I'm just seeing how that goes this time around, but I'll probably lose the ultimate match, but still it's fun while it lasts. <laughs> it's about the journey. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's a, it was a fun 60 hours to get there. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, definitely happened? improved the game, Did... but uh, pricey. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly so. Yeah. Really, definitely wait for that Steam sale. I, I guess they have a um, a niche market of players that always play it. Oh, definitely. Form. Oh, yeah. No problem. People, people who Civ fans tend to go back to a Civ at some point. Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, like we always have, I suppose. I've skipped entries here and there, but you know, Civ Five drew me in. Six is a real, real good one, uh, for sure. And you get more Sean Bean, (laughs) although he gets (laughs) annoying after a while, in my opinion. I think I prefer Leonard Nimoy from Civilization 4. Nimoy was good. You get advisors. Oh, no. (laughs) Like those old videos that were like... Like the clock speed to the double microchip, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. What was the last game with advisors in? SimCity had advisors, didn't it? (laughs) <laughs> the last game game. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. If, well, there wasn't really. I don't know. Advisors in four was there. It was only three thousand. Was the last one that had real advisors. Advisors. It's weird because you'd think with machine learning and stuff, you could get much better advisors these days. <laughs> <laughs> advisors that aren't just triggered by a single event. Yeah, maybe. that aren't just if statements. Yeah, that just says we're doing well. 
we're not doing well. <laughs> like the all advisors that maybe actually have a, more states that are useful, unlike, for example, the old classic Rhodes advisor in Simpsons 2000, where if you're not 100% funding, he's instantly pissed. Oh, yeah. The only thing you get in Civ 6 is like the help lady who tells you stuff, which I'm sure you can turn off. She has a little icon that goes next to things she recommend that the game recommends you build or research or whatever. So, yeah, because you had, did have those, you had those icons in five for like, there was one for each branch. So like the military guy obviously always tells you to build. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has that too. Yeah. But it doesn't have a dude. It just has a symbol for military yeah. or, or a symbol for science so, this time around. I still don't like the way that you research uh, and then a certain type of um, resource then appears on the map and it spawns like right outside or miles from your area, right? So kind, I, I don't know if this is correct, but kind of you kind of want to wait and have a settler ready for when you finish research that unveils iron or something like that and then go over a yeah, bit of a city wherever that is. Game where there's still space to take. Yeah. yeah. No, the problem is later on then you need niter in order to build musketmen or, or any kind of firearms and that only appears later by the, that point it's quite hard to, you know yeah. all the city you spots are taken naturally. you're yeah. going to be spending a lot of cash making trades yeah it's very annoying how yeah how is the trade because the ai would never trade unless it was in their favor before yeah like they never they didn't even try to like make a deal that would that, that perhaps they needed but they're constantly like, proposing but, trades i can tell you that um, right so that bit hasn't changed no but <laughs> Uh, but there, there was a, there was a there was a, you know, all the Civ games that I've ever played. They would they would always want a trade that was nothing but swayed or you know balanced towards them. Like even yeah. if it was a if, you know you know if, if you're desperate for a resource, you might do a bad deal, right? Because yeah, you need sure. that resource to progress. But the AI never wanted that. It would never you know whether you proposed or yeah. They I mean, you can like, you can up the ante with them. Um, to a certain extent, but not very much. Like you can't drive a very hard bug, and they almost immediately are like, "No, I'm not interested anymore." And right, so yeah, that that hasn't changed. That, then, that's still the like, same. Yeah, yeah, that because that, mm, yeah, that's a that's a bit of a shame because it's like that's just one of the, it's one of the systems that always felt a little against you. I mean, it's fine when you're like um, mutually trading stuff that that you each need and each you know oh sure has, absolutely it's all fine but when they're like i want your iron you're the only person with iron and i'm like i know you're gonna make swords and attack me out of this iron go away <laughs> mm. or they're like you know you could be like oh fine i'll give you the iron but i'll like i know you need it from me so i could i'll put the price I'll up drive on the price yeah you, you they, can't they, do they it will that never much. agree to that you yeah. can't really push it very far no it's true push it, but i don't know is, yeah it's, I don't know. I've, I've always felt that's a bit of a flaw. It's like you're in. Yeah. Well, and the other trouble with it tended to be that, like, it didn't do a very good job of balance, like, weighting the value of different things. No, no, not really. But, but particularly between, like, tactical resources and luxury resources. Yeah. Because it, it's like those are two different kind of angles of attack where it's like you obviously want the luxury resources for population growth and if you're going for culture or whatever. And the tactical ones are more like for building units, mostly. Yeah, mostly. But like the waiting between them just didn't seem to register that as, you know, a civilization that might be going for culture might value the luxury ones more. So they might be willing to spend their tactical resources cheaper or whatever. Mm. Yeah. I always wondered if they should like 
go down the route of like perhaps having some kind of like tr- actual trade market like in the thing where you can like put up like oh hey i'm looking for bids for this particular bit of business <laughs> that's still not going to help you with the ai though no but maybe that might add a little element of interest to it well it might you know it might naturally like the ai might be dumb like intentionally made a little bit stupid and get into like yeah we want this bid and bid too well, far, you want like anonymous or... trades is what you really want. You want some way of brokering deals where they don't know where it's coming from. Well, I mean that that seems a little like uh, yeah, you're going beyond the realms of realism. Then uh, I don't know if that's necessarily beyond the realms of realism for whole entire governments to not know who they're dealing with. I don't know. Well, it could be like black market third party, a <laughs> black market system. Oh well, that that if it is like actually dressed up like that, that could be interesting. I'm selling guns to China and I didn't even realize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be a really interesting. There you go, expansion tree. <laughs> yeah, cool. that, that's Civ. Yeah. Uh I'll, I'll let you know if I finish that game. <laughs> Which I'm sure I will. And that's a podcast, I reckon. What's that's what have we got coming up on the old uh, YouTube arena? Well, that uh, satisfactory when whoever yep. does that video, cool, yep, will uh, will go up. Check out the Star Wars Episode One Racer video. Mm-hmm. It was up last week. It's, yeah, it was a pain to edit in the end, as it turned out. <laughs> Editing all the crashes together. Mm-hmm. It went out of sync every time. <laughs> that's that game still looks kind of better than it ought to be right i think that was the yeah, whole thing about it's that kind game. of okay it's yeah like mysteriously okay yeah i don't even quite like kind of the design of it i don't know aesthetic it, of yeah it. has a has a nice it's good style yeah um, even though style. it's like quibbing from you know star wars obviously yeah, but but like they, 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 their, their twist on it actually is kind of a, a bit ahead of its time in some ways like I don't know the the whole repair the the part system was kind of interesting but abusable to make the game very easy. Yeah, that's fine like, though. I think it added a, a little extra pizzazz to it. Yeah, mm. it didn't really need that mechanic. I thought it was kind of cool. And you know, once you learn, you can just push forward to go faster. Like it, yeah, the whole game is so is yeah pretty easy. Yeah, for sure. Although I do remember it being like you have being very hard on the brakes towards the end especially yeah, that more complicated yeah. tracks once you've upgraded your pods to go really fast it's like yeah there's definitely a lot of hairpins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anyway check that out that's a very an old game <laughs> there's a there's a few notes on the youtube bit about how you can actually try and get it to run as well because you know but sometimes we do videos on old games and i'll get the odd youtube comment about how on earth did you make this work and it's like by the time they asked it i've forgotten how we made it work <laughs> yes so i've been preemptive this time cool yeah check out satisfactory video coming up soon and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another salad cast enjoy Before those horns. season 10 <laughs> enjoy those horns. bye